following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson What is up, Michigan? Welcome to The Huge Show. I am Anthony Clark Jr., filling in for Huge today. With me is my good friend Elijah Beagle, and of course we have Superfly Hayes, our executive producer. What an honor and privilege it is to be in this seat as we are going to discuss a lot of basketball today. This hour will hit some major moments that have already transpired in the NBA free agency landscape and also focus in on our very own Detroit Pistons that have made some pretty solid moves, in my personal opinion, um, adding to that roster and making some more depth for themselves. We'll also talk about their picks in the 2023 NBA draft and what the Pistons still need to actually shake up their roster and coaching staff to create some more success for themselves. So without further ado, let's just jump right into it. Um, We had some insane contracts so far. Players are securing some major bags. In other words, they're making some crazy deals absolutely garnering some some crazy contracts. NBA free agency opened up at 6 o'clock Easter time last Friday. Before we look around the league, I'd love to hone in more so on the Pistons like I just hinted at. Pistons, as far as free agency, they retained uh, Isaiah Livers and Alec Burks, their team options to retain those players. Traded for Joe Harris and two second round picks as well as uh, trading for Monte Morris and only giving away one second round pick for all of that. So in terms of retaining Isaiah Isaiah Livers and Alec Burks and trading for Joe Harris and Monte Morris. What do you like the most out of that, Eli? Yeah, I, I love the acquisition of Joe Harris. He's a veteran leader. He's a shooter. Um, I think he's being really important. You know, the three-point line has been a struggle for the Pistons the past couple seasons. So mm-hmm. having somebody that you can really trust to put it down, even if he's coming off the bench, he's going to be great. I mean, defensively, he's not the best player on the team, but right. we've acquired quite a few good defensive players exactly. you know, through the draft the last couple of years, so I think it's going to be great for us. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of making up for that offense, which Detroit definitely needs, I agree with that, and again, kind of a wet blanket like we were talking about earlier today as far as his defensive abilities, but still a great addition for that shooting that they absolutely need. As far as Monte Morris, a veteran point guard, he's been around the league a couple of times. He has some postseason experience. What do you think he can deliver for this organization? I think he's going to be a great leader. He's going to help Cade, and I I think uh, if Cage struggles with injuries again, hopefully he doesn't. Um, he, he'll be good there. He'll be he'll be able to fill the role. He's going to be a good facilitator. Mm-hmm. And I think that. Uh He'll, he'll line up really good with the Detroit roster and the Detroit culture. I think so, too. I appreciate the fact that they did retain Alec Burks, as I've already mentioned, and I think Monte, pairing those two guys, that veteran leadership that, like you said, Cade and Jaden Ivey need, is going to be great for them. So to kind of look at the overall landscape of the NBA, 
craziness has been happening. I mean, we're seeing dudes get paid that we probably wouldn't have been anticipated to actually happen. But, you know, that, that's the NBA for you. It's, it's a business league first, a kind of a, a player's team, you know, or a player league second. So the first major move that we saw was the Washington and Phoenix trade between CP3, Chris Paul and Bradley Beal. Chris Paul was sent out to Washington, but then Golden State made a major move to acquire Chris Paul, and they sent away Jordan Poole, a guy that they were just saying last season is kind of the future of their organization. So in terms of CP3 and Jordan Poole, that swap, let's start on the Warriors side. How do you think Chris Paul is actually going to fare out in Golden State alongside one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game? And at the same time, him and Steph aren't necessarily that cool together. We know that there's been a long-time rivalry yeah yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see this season how they mesh together um i don't know if cp3 gets the starting role Mm -hmm. alongside him i mean he's known as a facilitator maybe they kind of transition steph into like a two guard to see some more shooting out of him but it's gonna be interesting to see if he and draymond and and steph and clay can all kind of mesh together and see if they can get their squad working well um i mean the warriors this is kind of their opportunity to run it back they got a couple more years of the squad and they've built them from the ground ground up so adding uh, cp3 into the mix it'll, it'll be interesting to see if he can actually you know get together with the boys right. and, and make it work do you think if steph were to actually get pushed to that two guard spot do you think that they'd have the same amount of success that they've had over the years or do you think it would work better to hopefully see chris paul take a step back and kind of be more so that facilitator off the ball as opposed to being that predominant ball handler I would love to see that from CP3. I mean, obviously we know he's a great guard and he's he's been in the league for many years. And I think him taking a step back and taking a new role would be important for him. And, you know, if he wants to win a ring, I think it'll be important for his legacy to to step back and let Steph have his team and mm-hmm. just be there as, a, as an addition. Right. And I've been seeing things about them, or rather the organization is considering matching those two together in the backcourt. So it'd be interesting to see Clay kind of get pushed to that third spot. However, we already know he is lethal in the corner. I expect, you know, around the perimeter doesn't matter. So Clay kind of being able to have more off ball opportunities as opposed to being that second option for their offense because they have CP3 kind of, you know, drawing out the defense, things like that. I think it'll be great as well. However, I do think it will be hard to mesh those personalities. Like you said, Draymond Green, we already know the type of character he is. I mean, that's kind of the whole animosity that happened between him and Jordan Poole. That's why JP is now out east as opposed to being on the Golden State Warriors this upcoming season. So Chris Paul, kind of a big personality type guy. Draymond Green does not mince words. He's not shy to tell the truth. So it'll be interesting to see how that actually does pan out. But to get back to more so the Wizards aspect. How do you think Jordan Poole fits in their roster as the Wizards have been making some pretty solid moves themselves? Yeah, I think Jordan Poole is is a really talented ball player. I mean, he is a hooper. He's he's going to score. He's going to make flashy plays. And I think him and Tyus Jones together will, will be a great duo. Um, he needs to work on his ball handling mm-hmm. and, you know, t- make it, making the turnovers like a little bit. Uh, if he makes an attempt to make a great pass and he has a turnover that's fine but I mean if he's losing the ball uh, coming up the court like you can't have that if you're going to be the leader of this Mm -hmm. team and I think he does have potential Mm -hmm. in Washington to be the leader out there and we did see that a lot in Golden State and I think that's kind of what started creating that turmoil especially mid-season I mean you saw the frustration several times Mm -hmm. like 
Steph, Draymond, even Clay, they did not shy away when they know they're on the national television screens to show their true expressions when Poole was making some kind of head-scratching decisions, Mm -hmm. chucking up shots in crunch time when Steph is wide open or even, again, just losing the ball because he's dribbling too much, not looking to pass it first. It'll be interesting to see him and how he can actually match up with someone like Kyle Kuzma because I won't necessarily say Kuzma is the same type of player as Jordan Poole, although I do believe that Kuzma, considering he stayed with Washington, he wants to be that guy. And with Jordan Poole kind of already having that attitude, I think that's another adjustment again on both sides. We talked about the Golden State, but even you know, Washington might have to deal with some potential big personalities. Hopefully, you know, keep the locker room steady, make sure there's no, you know, blood pressure, you know, boiling up or anything like mm-hmm. that. But either way, I, I think Washington has made an exceptional trade to give away CP three. They really didn't need him. They definitely needed a player like Jordan Poole. They got Tyus Jones and now you have a solid trio in Jones, Kuzma and JP. So Pretty pretty exciting stuff oh, for yeah. Washington if you definitely are a fan of their organization. It'll give them an opportunity to build from the, the ground up again. Absolutely. And speaking of which, not necessarily a ground up build up, but Phoenix, they're trying. You know, they, they've had quite a few opportunities since Monty Williams became their head coach back in 2019 to win a title for the first time ever. And they just haven't been able to do that. They acquire Bradley Beal. They trade away. You know, CP3 end up finally getting Bradley Beal. You match him up with Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, and DeAndre Ayton, as well as their other shooters. They also got Eric Gordon, another solid veteran who can, you know, give you some solid production on offense. Mm -hmm. Where do you think Phoenix will, or rather, how do you think Phoenix will pan out with this addition of Beal? Yeah, I think right now they stand as the second best team in the West. I mean, Having KD and Booker on the same team, it it will pan out eventually. I think last year was just kind of they're getting their feet wet. Mm-hmm. You know, they didn't really have everything meshed together super well. But the addition of Bradley Beal is just going to be wonderful for this team. I mean, he's a great scorer. Mm-hmm. He's a great facilitator. They're, they're going to have a really, really good time this season with all three of those together. It's be fun to watch. Absolutely. We'll be back, back to them a little bit later. But talk more so about the contracts, some re-signs. I mean, wow. We'll talk about getting paid. Kyle Kuzma, again, he's making $30 million a year over four years. Draymond Green got paid $100 million over the next four seasons. Two guys that Detroit was hoping to possibly get, either one of them, Jeremy Grant and Cam Johnson, both got themselves a crazy contract. Jeremy Grant signs the five-year, $160 million contract to stay in Portland. Before I get to Cam Johnson, how do you feel about that contract with Grant? It, it's going to be a horrible contract in three seasons. But, I mean, they're going to lose Dane because of it. I yep. mean, he, he's not happy about the decision. Mm-hmm. And I'm glad that Detroit didn't try to pay up like that for him. There was no way they were going to afford it. And, uh, you know, I know I we actually talked about this. Huge and I talked about this a couple shows ago about how we shouldn't really be – Detroit shouldn't be recycling, you know, former players. But I was still advocating to potentially have Grant return. He absolutely stepped up to the plate this past season – with Portland, even with his injury, he was given solid production for them. I would have liked him back, but to see what he got paid was never going to be affordable for the squad. So Cam Johnson would have been solid young guy, a, a guy they could have had for several seasons, still still a young guy coming off of a tough ACL injury. I believe that was two seasons ago, but still stepped up for Brooklyn. He's getting paid four year or excuse me, 180 million, 108 million over four years. You think he, that was worth the contract? Do you think he was a little bit overpaid? No, I think I think he's worth 
worth every penny of that. Um, he's great. He's got lots of great minutes, mm-hmm. and I think potentially he could be an all star in this league. Absolutely, no, for sure, and there's no doubt about that. Especially in the East, you know, patch him up with Mikael Bridges. With the, I think they, well, they call Mikael Bridges the Brooklyn Bridges, but still, Cam Johnson and Mikael, all their young guys. I like to see what the Nets are doing in the next coming seasons, but. To kind of wrap up, as far as the contracts, rookie extensions, Tyrese Halliburton, Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, all four, three of them got their five-year max contracts worth up to $260 million. All three of those players actually coming from the 2020 NBA draft. It's great to see them. All their individual teams, I think, have some rebuilding efforts that need to happen without a doubt. All three of those guys are on a, some poverty franchises, to kind of put it lightly. But even then, they, they have a lot of potential there in the in their own organizations and I think it's exciting to see the youth being paid kind of what they have worked hard for so again just really cool new homes Dylan Brooks and Fred Van Vliet in Houston how do you feel about that matching those two veteran guys with a lot of younger guys yeah, I mean, there couldn't be two more opposite guys in the league. Fred Van Vliet is a veteran leader. He's calm. He's cool-headed. He was great. A champion. Great in Toronto. He is a yep. champion. Uh, Dylan Brooks has been the opposite. He kind of became a villain last season, yep. and then he didn't really show up in the playoffs. But yep. I think there is a potential for the Rockets to really have two guys that can just come together and, and lead these young dudes for the for the Rockets this season. Houston has potential to be a really good team in the West. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I, how about the Lakers? How are you feeling about them? A lot of people are saying that they're kind of winning this free agency, but what are your thoughts on that? I, I really like to see Gabe Vincent and Cam Reddish you know, come into their own out there. Mm-hmm. Um, they're obviously great players. Um, Dennis Schroeder is also you know great at the point. Mm-hmm. And I think under LeBron, they, they could make another run at this thing. Absolutely. And obviously the biggest one to kind of cap off the free agency Dame Lillard and James Harden. If you had to decide right now and you know make that determination, what do you think is going to happen between these two players? Do you think there's going to be that three-way trade? Do you think there might not be a trade between those two guys? What do you think is going to happen? Uh, on the terms of Harden, I think that he is trying to go out and play with the Clippers. Um, it'll be a really interesting mix of dudes out there. I mean, four years ago, you could have never told me all four of those dudes are on the same team. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, if Harden really thinks that they can get it done out there with the Clippers. I mean, the West is tough right now, mm-hmm. and they would really have to stay healthy and come together as a team. Uh, as far as Dame, I really don't know where he's going to end up. I mean, nobody wants Ben Simmons, so it's going to be tough for someone to take that contract. Right. Uh, I would love to see him play for Miami. I think they would have to get rid of some pieces for him to get out there. Yep. And that was my prediction a couple episodes ago on this show. I, I said that Dame will end up in Miami. I still believe in that. I think Portland's just trying to figure out who they can actually get out of that, considering Max Strews and Gabe Vincent are out of that, you know, out of that picture. Miami still has the potential of giving up Duncan Robinson, but again, they don't have as many assets as what I think Portland is looking for. But we'll see what happens in the next coming weeks. This is a huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. Coming up, we're going to talk more about the Detroit Pistons and their draft picks that they just had in the most recent draft. From Detroit to Petoskey, this show is huge. Get everything you need with just one stop at Meijer. Right now, buy five, save $5 on items across the store. Like Sweet Baby Ray's barbecue sauce, Briars or Ben and Jerry's ice cream, and Brawny paper towels, two double rolls. Plus, pick up Kingsford Twin Pack charcoal briquettes for just seventeen eighty eight for all your summer grilling. Get more for your money with the same prices online and in store at Meyer. Exclusions apply. See all the deals in the Meyer app. 
Huge here for the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can stay up to date on the latest from Lansing 24-7 at MHSAA.com. At MHSAA on Twitter and MHSAA on Facebook. The latest news, press releases, and stories connected to every high school in the state of Michigan available for you 24-7 from the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Log on to MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. And if you're looking for archive boys and girls, high school sports, MHSAA.TV. That's MHSAA.TV. 24-7, everything you need to know about high school sports in Michigan. Log on to MHSAA.com. Imagine this, winning big at Soaring Eagle. Hot winds and scorching July nights. We've turned up the heat, and one lucky player every hour has the chance to win up to $5,000 in sizzling premium play. Blaze in to win red-hot prizes every Friday, 7 to 11 p.m. It's scorching July nights, only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway, reimagined. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Huge here with a reminder that on Thursday, July 20th, 3 until 6 p.m., I'll be broadcasting live on the patio at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. And on that Thursday, July 20th, all day long, you can stop out and buy five golf swings for five bucks with all the money going to the Folds of Honor mission. And if you beat my long drive, I could golf with you at North Kent and also pick up the tab for lunch. That's Thursday, July 20th at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. Grand Rapids, you asked for it. Big Time Rush are coming. Big Time Rush, live in concert. Can't get enough tour. Van Andel Arena, Friday, July 21st. With special guest Max and featuring Jax. Get tickets now at LiveNation.com. For more, visit BigTimeRushOfficial.com. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. Welcome back to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge today. Joining me today is my good friend Elijah Beagle. Eli, we're talking about the Pistons. We're talking about the NBA. Let's get back to the Pistons, though, and their draft selections that they just made. I think some two solid you know, uh, acquirements that they actually got between Asar Thompson and Marcus Sasser. We'll start with Thompson first. Both of those brothers, both Asar and Aman, were kind of receiving a lot of skepticism by, you know, recruit, or not, excuse me, by scouts and things of that nature, saying that these are two young guys who aren't necessarily ready for this level. However, I disagree. I think both of them are very much capable of doing it. They proved it in their playing time in their two seasons at the overtime elite. I, I think Asar, although Detroit would have liked to have him on, is still a great addition for Detroit. Overall, what are your thoughts on Asar Thompson joining the Detroit Pistons? Yeah, I mean, I love the pick. Uh, 
him and his brother, they were both like a highlight show at mm-hmm. Overtime Elite. Um, the two of them together were entertaining to watch every single night. And the numbers that he put up shows that he is ready for the NBA. Um, I think he's a potential starter from day one. Uh, he's an elite defender, and he will give you the minutes that you need. Exactly. That production that Detroit desperately needs, especially on defense. I mean, they they were a bottom tier team as far as allowing how many, you know, as far as allowing opponents points per game. Definitely need that perimeter defense. A six seven two way guard that not only plays the, the two spot, but can also stretch it out to the small forward position. He skipped his high school senior year with his brother to jump up to that more professional version of basketball with overtime elite. He averaged 20.8 points per game, 11.7 rebounds, and 4.4 assists. Again, production. And he was leading that, that league overall, all six of those teams. He was the overtime elite finals MVP in the inaugural season title. Only player to drop 30 twice in that league. Holds a record for most blocks in a game. Even in his second season, his numbers were still solid. Kind of dipped a little bit lower, but still solid production overall. And again, claimed the finals MVP title for the second season in a row. Regular season MVP. A solid guy overall. Again, do you think that it would be better for him to come off the bench? Or do you think, I know you just said he should be a starter from day one, but as far as getting that necessary that that necessary production that he needs to actually be fruitful in this league, do you think he should come off the bench first or should he immediately start? It depends on what we see from summer ball from him. Um, I mean, he's raw. He is raw talent. He, he is a very athletic player. Mm-hmm. And you're going to see a lot of electric plays from him. Uh, I think that if they get his ball skills up to the level that the NBA needs from him, Uh uh, he'll be a starter from day one for sure. Absolutely. Development obviously being the key. I think it will be kind of tough for him to fight for those minutes between Bojan and again, we just talked about how Joe Harris was just brought in. So that's another small forward who will be fighting for those minutes. Two veteran guys who aren't necessarily going to take lightly to have enough rookie taking over their minutes, but we'll see what happens. I think overall I I said right before the draft that he would be a solid six man for Detroit before the halfway point of the season if he's not already there overall I think he will need a little bit more development because again although he is a great defensive player it's the offense his numbers were great at at the overtime elite but those are guys who are still developing right now you're in the big man's league it's not easy to score 15 even in this league and any NBA veteran will tell you that so I think he needs a little bit more development but overall I would like to see him starting no later than the halfway point I agree with you Eli so Marcus Sasser the second pick they got him at number 25 Detroit traded up with Boston to trade their 30th pick overall to get the number 20 or excuse me the 31st pick overall to get to the 25 spot Sasser from Houston a four-year player there 6'2 or 6'2 point guard 23 years old so a kind of a Older guy has a little bit more experience when it comes to playing at a, a, a demanding level, although it was just the collegiate level. Still, a, a little bit more experience, a multi time All American. Overall, what are your thoughts on him? Uh, I was thrilled about this pick. Uh, Marcus Sasser has been on a team in Houston that is a top three team in, in, in college basketball. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's been a great point guard for them. He's a leader for them. Uh, he might be undersized, but he, he's going to make up for it in heart and knowledge of the game. Absolutely. I like the way you said that how it make up for it in the heart and knowledge of it because he is very disciplined on defense and a lot of scouts notice that. He's a catch and shoot type of guy, off dribble shooter, but his 3 and D ability is what Detroit really needed. They not only need offense, but they need that defense like we keep harping on. So I also agree that overall a solid pickup for them. That trade up was a huge move. I know a lot of people were kind of hoping for that Cam Whitmore pick, but I think Satcher will still be very solid for their production overall. 
All right, well, coming up before the end of the hour, Eli and I will talk more about the Detroit Pistons and what they still need if they want to have any chance of turning their organization around and hopefully becoming not only a consistent playoff team in the coming years, but a much more respectable organization because as most Detroit Pistons fans know, they have been pretty bad, to say the least. So anyways, I'm Anthony Clark Jr. with Eli Beagle, filling in for huge on the Michigan Sports Network. Everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network for my friends on the DraftKings Casino app. So if you're a fan of the classic casino games like blackjack, slots, roulette, well, you can find all of those classics and exclusive games you can't find anywhere else on DraftKings Casino. And right now they've got a great deal going for new customers who sign up with promo code HUGE. All you got to do is sign up, deposit at least $5, and you can get a match on that first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Not only does DraftKings Casino have all the classic games and exclusive games, but it's safe, secure, and reliable, so when you do win money, you can withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE and get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Make sure you listen weekly to our Moving Ferris Forward interviews with Ferris President Bill Pink and other leaders who are moving Ferris forward. Find out more about Big Rapids and Ferris and what they have to offer at ferris.edu. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference, and we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most, Come grow with us. Visit MerkBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank. Member FDIC Equal Opportunity Employer. Hey sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. The Huge 
Sports Show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark here with my good friend Eli Beagle. Eli, we've already discussed quite a bit when it comes to the NBA. We've talked quite a bit about the Detroit Pistons, their free agent signings, as well as some trades that they made. Not necessarily players, but more so picks that weren't too damaging to their overall success in the coming years. Also honed in on the bigger free agency signings and some of the crazy contracts that we have seen just kicked off. Uh, the previous segment, we're talking about their overall draft picks, that being the Detroit Pistons and those those draft picks backstories and how we think they're going to fare out in their rookie seasons. But let's focus a little bit more on what the Pistons still actually need to be successful. I said just before we went on break that this is a team that is desperately looking to be respected more, not only league-wide, but even by their own fans. So when it comes to what exactly the Pistons need. We talk not only about just solid draft picks. I've advocated this entire summer about them picking up really solid veteran leaders that can show these young guys, the the predominant amount of young guys, what it takes to be successful in this league, not only for a couple seasons, but for at least a 10-year stretch. Talk about health. We talk about just overall production. A bigger thing being culture that I think that the Pistons have lacked in in desperately for the past few seasons. They don't have that identity that this team once had. But let's go back to the health. What do the Pistons need to do to hopefully keep a player like Cade Cunningham, a player who has only seen 76 games in his two seasons, hasn't even played a full season yet in his first two. How can they hopefully make sure that Cade doesn't keep on falling onto that injury list and keep him on the court? Yeah, unfortunately, it's been a, a theme in Detroit sports recently, just as a whole. All of our young stars getting hurt. I mean, Cade Cunningham being a 1-1 pl- pick. I mean, he's he's an electric player. Uh-huh. And, and unfortunately, we've only seen 76 games in two years. Uh, that rookie season, he, he really kind of came into his own, though, as the season went on. You know, he averaged 17 and uh, 17 and five. Mm-hmm. And, and we would love to see that from him again. I think he has potential to be a, a, a 25 and eight player, uh-huh. you know, this season. Um, obviously, he's nursing an ankle sprain from last season and a shin fracture that he uh, was out for only playing 12 games last That's season crazy. with a shin fracture. It's just sad to see. Absolutely. Uh, young talent in the NBA is has really been struggling lately. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I, I hope he is back fully, you know. I'd like to see a full season from Cade. And I know that obviously he wants to see a full season from yes. himself. I think, like you said, the turmoil really started before he even actually played his first professional basketball game. Had an ankle sprain in the preseason. Missed his first five games of his NBA career because of a, a injury that happened during practice. I mean, that's just extremely unfortunate. I remember when I saw that headline, I was like, there's no way. Yep. That's Detroit basketball for you. We finally get a first round number one pick overall and our boy gets injured before he can even actually play in the regular season that's just crazy to me and and it sucks for all of the, the Detroit fans out there because you you have this young guy and you have all these hopes and aspirations to see him succeed mm. and, and now they haven't seen it and I can feel Pistons fans getting restless mm. you know they they want to see you know one overall pick uh, potential out of Cade Cunningham and I think that this season is a potential opportunity to show it to us absolutely and I think it's exciting not only as a fan, but as the individual player, as a coach, and we'll talk about the Detroit's coaching staff here in a couple minutes, as a coach, as a player, as a teammate, but obviously as also as a fan, to hear their general manager, Troy Weaver, say that he is definitely ready for a training camp, and that being Cade Cunningham. What are your thoughts on that, hearing that the GM himself is definitively saying that he will be back, he's healthy, and we want him locked and loaded for our training camp? 
Yeah, I mean, it, it's great to hear him express his confidence in Cade coming back and being ready to play. Um, I think that his training camp, if he meshes well with the boys in, in Detroit, I mean, we're going to see him lightning out of the gate, like, mm-hmm. you know, putting up numbers, mm-hmm. being a great facilitator, being the team leader that we need him to be. And if him and the rookies can really get together and, and train together and work together well, I think they have a lot to learn from Cade. So. so do you think with... And we'll, we'll focus in a little bit more on specifically on Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Duran. But to uh, just a quick point, do you think it'll be a little hard for him to be that 25-8 and eight player with someone like Jaden Ivey having to take over the reins and really kind of being the center of their offense? I know Detroit obviously wants Cade to be there for, to facilitate, but how do you think it's going to pan out as far as him transitioning back onto the court when a player like Jaden Ivey has kind of already established his identity as someone that can take care of that ball and be the primary ball handler? Yeah, I mean, last season we saw a lot from Jaden Ivey. I think I don't think any Piston fan is upset with what we saw from no. him. He was he was fantastic for us, and I think that Cade having that other option there. Mm-hmm. I mean, his rookie season he didn't really have anyone. He was the focus of attention, and now that he has another option there, he'll be able to spread the floor. I think we'll see Cade really kind of space the floor out and create a lot of opportunities for him and Jaden Ivey just to go off together. Absolutely, <clears throat> excuse me, absolutely. Still talking about health, Isaiah Stewart, Big Stu. We know that's that's a workhorse for the Detroit Pistons. That's essentially the Dennis Rodman from the eighties, you know, early nineties for the Pistons. Uh, a, a kind of just that hard nosed, gritty player who's not scared to throw hands if necessary. If, if one of his players is getting disrespected, or if he feels disrespected, he has absolutely no issue getting in your grill and saying, "Hey, show me some respect. This is a man's game. Let's treat each other like men." However. Going back on the injury aspect, he had a a pretty bad left shoulder injury. It's been out since March dealing with that. And on June 13th, the team said that he'll be sidelined for at least the next three to four weeks. So essentially, he's still sidelined for the next week or so in this month because of that left shoulder impingement. With him being kind of their bigger catalyst on both the offensive and defensive sides, more so on the rebound, you know, on the boards, what... You know, do they hopefully hope to have when it comes to his health? You know, Isaiah Stewart. How how do they hopefully hope to unload that stress on him to keep him healthy and keep him in that starting rotation because they need him desperately. Yeah, I mean, I I think B. Stu, you got to watch his injury for the season. <laughs> you know, you got to keep an eye on it. But I think uh, as long as he stays healthy and gets his minutes, he's going to be great for the Pistons Absolutely. this year. He, he's going to be like a Ben Wallace type player. You know, Maybe someone that you, for, yep. you you definitely think about some Ben Wallace type player from Absolutely. him, and and he'll be great for us. I mean, he's going to be a catalyst on both ends of the floor, and he's going to be an option. You know, when a, a Jaden Ivey gets in trouble, he'll be there and he'll be able to help you get it out. So I think. Him being healthy is important for the Pistons this season. If they want to contend, up. they need him to be healthy. Absolutely. Matching him up with Jalen Duren and even like James Wiseman, even Marvin Bagley the third, huge centerpieces. Uh, I mean, literally and metaphorically, you know, literally. legit centers for the Detroit Pistons that match up so well with Isaiah Stewart. I, th- I think any three of those centers would be great right now, you know, alongside uh, on the front court with Isaiah Stewart. The hope is that just him and Cade can both stay healthy because if not, Pistons are going to be in trouble. It doesn't matter if they pick up a player like Marcus Sasser or even uh, Asar. You know, they need their number one guys, their, their starting five to be healthy if they have any chance whatsoever of being a successful team. So transitioning into more so their production, we're talking about them being successful. 
It's it's tough to look at these numbers as a fan. It's 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 not very fun. They were tied for third highest, more or less, for allowing the the most opponents points per game. That being 118.5 points. Houston being just shy of that at being 118.6. So more or less tied for the worst amount of opponents points per game. Should be a lot better on defense considering their major improvement that we've been talking about with their draft picks and even their uh, their pickup with Monte Morris. Although kind of a smaller guard. Still a backcourt guard that they need match him up with Marcus Sasser that'd be beautiful again we talked about Joe Harris kind of being that wet blanket on defense yes, but you know, we, we picked him up for the, the shooting that, and that's another thing Detroit was tied second lowest for points per game last season more or less uh, again just by a, a fourth of a percentage by with Houston they only averaged 110.3 points last, last season that's pretty bad the lowest team was Miami that, which I think is crazy because that team was three wins away from an NBA title. The difference being their defense. Miami was the second best when it came to the lowest amount of opponent's points per game. So that's how they kind of made up and even you know made themselves known as the eighth seed in the NBA Finals. But to get back to the Detroit Pistons, it's again the offense and defense. With their selections, with their pickups in Joe Harris and Monte Morris and even their retentions of picking up those, those team options, how do you think their production value will fare out this upcoming season? Yeah, I mean, a, a lot of the NBA recently in the past you know, few seasons has been focused on offensive production. Absolutely. And you're looking for a team that can really just score a bunch of points. And, and the Pistons have that potential. But I would love to see the Pistons develop a great defensive identity, you know, reminiscent of the early 2000s teams. Yes. Like a team that can really just come out and put it to your mouth and make you realize, like, this is the Detroit, Detroit Pistons. You're not going to score 100 points on us. Right. Like, that, that's the goal. Um, I think anything, if, if we're in the top five of scoring, that's fine with me. I would love for us to see a top five defensive team this season. Absolutely. I think defense is the biggest catalyst for their success overall. You got the offensive numbers, you know what I mean? Like they, they're still averaging you know, triple digits. It's not that high, but even then, it's, it's still triple digits. It's an offensive league first. But if you value that defense like the Miami Heat did, they had the lowest points per game last season, and yet they had the second best defense, and they made it to the finals. If Detroit can find that identity again of valuing defense first, like they say defense wins championships, then I also do agree that they actually can bounce back and be a a, a, a solid, at least playing team, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the hope at least. But I will be honest, I will be very surprised if they somehow become a top 10 scoring team. I, I highly doubt it because we'll talk a little bit more about how these individual players actually you know pan out as far as their production they're scoring but it's not as well not not compared to a lot of these other teams like Sacramento Golden State Denver teams like that culture kind of already talking about it we, we you just said Eli that they should establish kind of that that early 2000s Detroit type of rhythm defense first Pistons I feel like right now in the in the current gen they have a very hyper specific culture and like it's it's almost unable to even be put into words. I, I we keep trying to evaluate this team. We keep saying this is the issue. No, this is the issue. This and that, and yet it never seems to actually be that issue. They're young and gritty, but still the pieces that have been seemingly unknown again for the last decade are seemingly unknown <laughs> for the most mm-hmm. part. So we talked a little bit about earlier off of the, off the air that we don't necessarily think Boyan is one of those veterans that although he is a solid perimeter scorer kind of the same thing with Joe Harris would be a better fit on a contending team looking to add a few more assets as opposed to rebuilding like a rebuilding organization like Detroit getting 
more sense of identity and kind of letting go of those players like they just did finally with Corey Joe, a guy who was just kind of just riding the pine. Like he, you know, he was there. He was still getting minutes. I shouldn't say riding the pine. He was getting minutes, but like he wasn't part of that identity that Detroit's looking for. So what do you think it's going to take for them to finally get back to that defensive first mentality? Yeah, I, I think that the Pistons have potential now with with Thompson on the on the team. I mean, he will be a great defender for this team for many years to come. And I think that Cade Cunningham, we talk a lot about his offensive efficiency and his uh, ability as a scorer. He's he's a great defender at the point. I mean, he is not he's not going to let you get by him. He he is very good. So I think potentially, if we're looking for like to rebuild culture and to really get an identity for this team, like guys like Boyan, they they don't have the identity or like. The personality of a Detroit Pistons right. team, like it's similar to like having Blake Griffin on that team. That I mean, we weren't good. Even we weren't making the playoff. Yep. Yeah, it, it just didn't feel like a Detroit Pistons team. It just felt like we were adding pieces from other teams that were successful. I think we gotta stick to these guys that we've drafted and build up from the draft. And I, I would love for Bojan to go off this season, and we mm-hmm. can trade him at the deadline and, and get some pieces for him. You mm-hmm. know, I think that would be really good. Uh, as far as being a team that is rebuilding we need to have solid rebounders as well and i think that having a healthy team especially with beef stew being healthy i think (laughs) getting some good rebounding numbers will be great for us absolutely i I agree with that and i like that you said that the boyan isn't necessarily the guy on this team because but rather a, a guy that really fits overall because the team doesn't even know what they're doing necessarily like you just said they're just adding pieces and we've seen this for the past decade, really ever since that that 2004 championship team, they had a couple more spurts in the playoffs, just couldn't quite get there. They they, they, they got close a couple times, but just couldn't quite get past the hump of the Eastern Conference Finals. But right ever since the 2010s, it's been more so who was a big you know guy that we can sign, you know, Andre Drummond or even Cade Cunningham, or to be quite honest, you know, a lot of other players that have panned out well with other organizations. But as far as Detroit, they were more so just, oh, that was just another guy. Mm-hmm. I agree that they need to get off of that mentality of, hey, we're just adding pieces. That's all we're doing. And not being able to really establish that is why they've had so much you know, struggle and why they have not been able to have as high as production. But like you just said, finally having those rebounders that they need in Isaiah Stewart, in Jalen Dern, or even Marvin Bagley and James Wiseman. You got a SAR possibly being a starter for their small forward position. You also have Cade Cunningham and, uh, and Jaden Ivey. I think that is a starting five, no matter who you have rotating in between that center position, that can find a true identity and a solid culture that could lead this team, hopefully, to at least the play-in tournament. How do you feel about that? Yeah, I, I think the play on, play on, uh, play-in tournament is the goal. Like yes. That is what we're aiming for. I would love for us to be uh, a contender. Um, I think that's a couple years out. You know, I think we need some more development and potentially, you know, if we can get a good draft pick or two in here, mm-hmm. uh, it, it is potential. But this season, if we can make the play on tournament and really just as a team come together and define our culture and everyone will know like, oh yeah, that's Detroit Piston basketball. That's right. what I would love to see. I know. And I'm sure, you know, if you're listening, you're like, well, yeah, no crap. They should find an identity, right? But it's not as easy as it sounds. It's, I mean, that's quite literally why this team is struggling so much. We, if you want to go back to Miami again for like the third time, they had such a successful run because they had an identity. Their rotation guys knew that they weren't necessarily like superstars, right? They know that they're phenomenal players, which is why they're in the league getting paid what they are. But they had the identity of, hey, 
we're a gritty team and we know that we can win when we stick together. Look at a team like Denver. They, you know, a lot of people didn't necessarily have them as the favorites until the Western Conference Finals. It was the Bucks, it was the Suns, and then I want to say either Boston and also Philly. Those are the top four projected teams to win last year's title. Come to find out, Denver goes on probably one of the craziest runs ever. And that was because they established that identity through patience and determination. Jamal Murray talked a lot about how he almost got traded away. But Mike Malone said, oh, no, no chance of giving away my point guard. This is my guy that I need. We know that he is crucial to our identity. And unfortunately, that's just not what the front office of Detroit has necessarily focused on. However, finally putting up Dwayne Casey, bringing in our guy that we're going to be talking about here in this next hour and all those other assistants that they that he has you know strung along with him is going to be crazy for this team I think overall and really finally being able to get them past that hump of hey we finally know who we are. We're not a bottom tier team. We're not a we're not a number you know uh, a ranked number thirty in, in this league anymore. We are a team that we know can be successful at least in the Eastern Conference. Because if we want to talk about bottom tier you know organizations, there's plenty in the East. It's a top heavy West, and even then, kind of more so playing teams in the West. Those are teams that can kind of roll some Eastern mm-hmm. teams, right? But you look at. The Orlando Magic, although they're kind of on, they're on the come up right now. They're on the clock. They might do something, but look at Charlotte or even Atlanta. Uh, the uh, again, Orlando Magic, or even a team like I mean, you know, the Knicks. We'll see what happens. I know they were just the fifth seed. They they made it to the second round, but we'll see. There, there's some turmoil there with Julius Randle. Yes, we'll, you know, we'll we'll see. Those type of teams, Detroit has no issue getting past. It's mm-hmm. just finding themselves on the floor overall. But I appreciate that. Anyhow. That is, I think, going to be, again, this their best bet, but we'll, we'll see what happens. I, I think the bigger thing, but one of the bigger things, again, is what we're going to be talking about here in this next hour, and that is more so their coaching staff and who they picked up, I think, was absolutely phenomenal. Coming up, we'll talk more about that, their, their coaching staff, as well as uh, who we think will be the better player between Jalen Duran, Cade Cunningham, and, and Ivy as well. I'm Anthony Clark Jr. with Eli Beagle, filling in for Huge on the Michigan Sports Network. Big. Bad. Huge. The following is a presentation of the Michigan Sports Network. Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson 
What is going on, Michigan? Welcome to the Huge Show. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge today. With me is my good friend Elijah Beagle. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. The last hour we talked quite a bit about NBA free agency and even more about what the Detroit Pistons have done since Friday and even in the draft. As well as their two draft selections, like I just said, that were pretty solid just overall for the roster. This hour, we're going to continue to talk about the Pistons, but more specifically on their coaching staff moves, how Eli and I believe they will pan out during the 2023-24 season, and also give our predictions on who we believe will be the better player in five years when it comes down to Jaden Ivey, Cade Cunningham, and Jalen Duran. So let's just kick things off. I mean, the impact of hiring Monty Williams to coach the Pistons, I mean, my gosh, man. If you would have told me that we would get a coach like Monty Williams in the the 2020s, I would be like, dude, it's the Detroit Pistons. Like, you got to be crazy. Like, come on now. Who wants a coach of Detroit? Dwayne Casey moves up to the front office. I honestly got I thought it was going to be some younger guy or, you know, just uh, maybe more so of assistant coach. But no, they get a, a head coach that just saw the finals two seasons ago, a coach that has seen the Western Conference Finals twi- you know, three times in his, in his uh, four-year run with his previous organization, and that again being Monty Williams. Detroit signs him for six years, seven hundred and eighty, excuse me, seventy-eight point five million guaranteed, with the option of extending that to an eight-year max worth a hundred million dollars. Just overall, let's just talk about that contract. How do you, you think he was overpaid? Uh, I, I wouldn't say I'm not going to say underpaid. No, you think never Monty underpaid. was overpaid, or do you think it was just right for that type of coach? I I love the acquisition of Monty Williams. I think this is perfect for this Detroit team, especially you know we were just talking about culture. This oh, is exactly what we needed. Yes. We needed someone who can coach NBA talent and and he's proven that he can do that uh you know 2022 coach of the year it's just beautiful to see um this is really promising for detroit coming up in the future mm-hmm. and, and i think he's worth every penny uh, i think that we will see this money spent it'll come into fruition mm-hmm. in the I, I think so too I, I know maybe a couple people might not agree with that but i think again if you somehow some way just were able to persuade a former nba finals contender you know a head coach to your team that was just bottom of the league that same season that's insane i mean the pistons did it right troy weaver i mean he uh, uh, the man apparently just has a gift of, <laughs> of you know being a salesman but I mean, looking at Monty's time with the Suns, he took a 19-63 and 63 organization from the bottom of the West. They were tied second worst in the league overall. Made some crazy noise in that 2019-2020 uh, season in the bubble. Yep. Although Phoenix didn't place in the playoffs, they went 7-0 and for those remaining regular season games to kind of like, you know, actually establish the bracket of who was actually going to play in the playoffs during that bubble season. Unfortunately, they didn't get the playoff seed, but the following season, they acquired Chris Paul, Finished second in the league with an insanely turned around record of 51 and 21. Returned to the playoffs after a 10 year drought. That was back in the Steve Nash and Mari Stoudemire era, which was, oh my God, such a crazy team. But, anyways, they fall to the Bucks, unfortunately, in the NBA Finals. Uh, after being up 2 0 at one point, they lose four straight, which was pretty disappointing. And I think that is what kind of started that. That that timer, you know what I mean? Of this, he's on the clock. If we do something like this, and we you know we make a solid run in the regular season, we kind of make it further in, in the in the excuse me the playoffs, but we choke so hard like that. That's obviously in in this current league. I mean, coaches are getting fired after two seasons after like coming into a team that has been abysmal. You know, for for the seasons previous, he comes in, does that. Overall, how did you feel after the Suns? 
choked that series against the Bucks. They lose four straight. They were two games away from being title cont- or title finalists. Uh, yeah, it, as far as uh, uh, Suns fans go, I would be upset that they let Monty Williams go. I mean, losing to Giannis, it, you can't blame that on him. Obviously, losing four in a row in the finals, it, it is disappointing. That's you know, tough. that's not something you want to see. Uh, I think that, that it was a mistake on their part. I mean, obviously, he brought their team back. Mm-hmm. Um, the acquisition of Chris Paul, mm-hmm. you know, I'm sure he played a large role in that as well. Oh, absolutely. Um, and. Having KD on your team and, and losing four in a row is not something you want to see. No. It, it is disappointing. Absolutely. But I think as a Pistons fan, we can be very optimistic <laughs> to have a coach like him. So. Right, right. And, and even then, after that unfortunate upset to the Bucks, that, that 22, or 21-22 season, Suns finished best record in the league, 64-18. and 18. But a disappointing exit in the second round against the Dallas Mavs. They were up again, up 2-0 again against the Mavs. They lose two straight. They win game five, but then they lose game six and seven, and they get blown out at the crib in game seven. It was like a 35, 40-point blowout. At one point, it was like triple digits to barely even, I think, like 60 points. I remember the meme of uh, Chris Paul. It's it's a crazy layup to to cut the lead to 52 or or cut the deficit to 52 or something like that. It was just... That was embarrassing. Luka Doncic absolutely babied them, absolutely stunned them. Oh, yeah. That was that was unfortunate. And I think that was like, okay, Monty, you got one more chance to prove to us mm-hmm. that you can get us back to the finals and actually win us a ring. Unfortunately, we just saw what happened back in May against – uh, against the Denver Nuggets, they digress a little. The over in the regular season, the Suns digress a little bit due to injuries. Chris Paul was out quite a bit. He was out extensively to those injuries. I think Devin Booker also missed a couple games. DeAndre Ayton, him and Monty have some animosity towards each other. So Ayton wasn't always fully locked into the game. He just he, he didn't really seem like he was bringing it as much as he possibly could before he got suspended because of the, you know, the Peds use. Mm-hmm. He, he was a great first-round pick, first overall pick, I think. But lately, he needs to step it up. And I think my hope is that it was more so his relationship with Monty. He just didn't appreciate him and that he actually can do something. But even then... In that, in this previous season, they acquired KD midway through. Everyone thinks, okay, Phoenix might do something. They might actually do it again. A, a second straight season of being a second round exit to the Nuggets. They tied it up. They were down 2-0. They tied it up two to two. It's like, all right, we got a series here. But then they lose two straight to the Nuggets. Obviously, we know how the rest of that playoffs, uh, mm-hmm. you know, went. Now Phoenix still owes them twenty million. And I think the the coolest part about Detroit picking him up, not only giving him that crazy contract, but they provided health care for his wife. And, you know, for those who don't know, his wife has been battling cancer for quite a few years now. They also provided private jet travel for this so that he can go back and forth, go visit her, you know, immediately after games, maybe after practices, things like that. How do you feel just overall, just knowing that this isn't just about winning? It's about actually Detroit has proven that they actually care about their their front office, not only just their players, but their front office as well, doing something like that for even their coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely just shows that Detroit is is creating a culture, again, yes. that they care. And this is providing an opportunity to, to get a great coach and to show that, you know, here in Detroit, like, we care about you. We we take family first. Like, yes. that is the most important thing. And him being able to be there to help care for his wife is going to be super important. And I don't think it'll have any effect on the Detroit Pistons no, season. No, whatsoever. I, I think that that only proved to him he's like, wow, the, you know, they, they care about me. And that I think is only going to incentivize him even more to actually want to flip this organization around, and I think that was the biggest thing for Detroit's front office. They saw what he did out in, the, in a, a tough Western Conference, saw what he did with the Suns, flipped them around in one season to bring them to the top of the conference after being at the bottom. 
the hope, obviously, with the Pistons is that he does the same thing, if not at least get them a play-in berth, you know, mm-hmm. a bare minimum within the next two seasons. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what ends up actually panning out as far as that. I, I think just overall, like we've been saying, a solid addition at the head coaching position. But it's not just him that has joined the Detroit coaching staff. There are some other solid pickups as far as the assistant coaches. First being Steven Silas. He was the former head coach for Houston. Although his overall record isn't what you necessarily want to see at 59 and 177 losses, we got to remember it was the Houston Rockets, a very young, young team who, again, was kind of even still now is going through that transition period of finding their identity as they remain at the bottom of their conference. Steven Silas, a top assistant for Monty, you know, at one point, uh, excuse me, will be a top assistant for Monty. Uh, He's been coaching since the year 2000, started way back with this when uh, the Charlotte Hornets, you know, were uh, transitioned to the New Orleans Hornets. So I think that's just crazy that he's been in the league for over two decades, brings all that experience, and he has a lot of solid postseason experience. How do you feel about him being the number two guy for Monty? Yeah, I mean, I, I love it. I think he's going to be great for us. He brings a lot of knowledge, a lot of veteran experience to the, the Pistons. Um, if, if anything were to happen, God forbid, he would be really good to step up and you know help coach the Pistons as well. Absolutely. And I would just love to see... Uh, him come into his own you know obviously he struggled out there in Houston mm-hmm. uh, but he he developed a lot of young talent in his years he so did. I think he'll be great to have all these young guys I mean the the Pistons have six seven eight young guys that need development and, and he'll be great to help those guys out you know and honestly until you just said that I never really thought about that he just came from an organization that was top heavy and, and a young roster he already knows how to get you know wins and I mean, to be quite honest, I think matching up Detroit and Houston outside of stats wise, I think Detroit could take them in a in a, in a seven game series without a doubt. Even right 100%. now, with, with both rosters, they they could take they could take Houston in a seven game series. So now that Steven has a little bit of a better you know roster, a little bit better skill set, I I think that yes, that'll only further help him to help Monty show the young guys the right way. But I, I think we also got to give Silas a little bit more credit. He did lose his father, you know, while mm-hmm. while he was coaching Houston and. If I'm going to be honest, I know it's a ruthless league. It's a business first league. But man, I mean, like the dude is a very nice guy. Uh, maybe that's just not what Houston needed. They wanted a rough edge guy. I think, you know, uh, they, they just p- uh, picked up, um, uh, help me out here, the, the former Boston Celtics head coach, Ime Odoku. Yes, they just picked yes, him up. So we'll see what Ime can do. I, I think that's kind of a, a little bit more of a harder nosed dude that could be solid for these young guys. And there's a lot of personalities out there in absolutely. Houston for him to balance. And if anyone can do it, it's Ime. So. Kevin Porter Jr., Jalen Green, dare I say his name. I don't really rock mm-hmm. with him like that, but you know, whatever. That's my own opinion. Anyways, getting back to the Detroit Pistons coaching staff. Uh, just top to bottom, you, you got Monty Williams, you got uh, Steven Silas at the, the second spot. But they also picked up Nate, Mc, Nate McMillan's son, the former head coach for the Atlanta Hawks, uh, that being Nate McMillan. But his son, Jamel McMillan, McMillan will be a solid uh, acquirement for Detroit. Dan Burke, he's been an assistant since 1989, so he has seen more than enough transition in this league. He has seen more than enough different levels of talent, different styles of play, and just a completely different era. So they also picked up Spencer Rivers, that being the son of Doc Rivers. So just overall knowledge, and I mean just overall passion for the game is what Detroit just built in their coaching staff. There's also reports of the 13-year you know, NBA vet and Jarrett Jack. That's a a name I haven't said in I don't know how long, in several years, but he was out coaching with Monty uh, at, at Phoenix, so a lot, a lot of a couple, I should say, of the assistants in Phoenix 
came along with Monty, but just in all, I think Monty will pull together. I mean, he did pull together a solid coaching staff with quite a bit of postseason experience that this young team needs. And overall, I think will just be super lucrative for Detroit. All right, well, coming up, we will talk even more about the Detroit Pistons and what they will actually need to, or rather, how the Pistons will actually fare out this upcoming season. We've already talked about what they need, their draft selections, their their trades that they've made during this free agency, but how will all these things that they have meshed together, and maybe even a little bit more in the coming days, coming weeks, how will that all pan out in the 2023-24 season? That's coming up next on The Huge Show, which is on the Michigan Sports Network. From Grand Rapids to Detroit, this show is huge. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network, and if you haven't had the chance to download the DraftKings Casino app, well, now's the time to do it because any new customer who signs up using promo code HUGE can get a match on their first deposit and score up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. They've got all the classic games like blackjack, roulette, and slots, but they also have exclusive games that you can play on your time, in your space, and within your means. It's also super safe, super reliable, and secure, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE, and you'll get a match on your first deposit of $5 or more, up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, Call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opt-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. Bill Simonson here for my good friends from Westside Beer Distributing. Now, they're proud to support the Folds of Honor Scholarship Program, benefiting the families of fallen and injured soldiers and our first responders. Folds of Honor provides scholarships for education to ensure our heroes' children can attend college. And Westside Beer Distributing has contributed over $100,000 since the program started and will be donating another $15,000 this summer to the Folds of Honor to help a local hero's child. Anheuser-Busch, which is the Folds of Honor's longest-standing partner, has donated over $21 million to the cause. Budweiser and Bud Light will continue to honor Folds of Honor this summer with special edition 16-ounce aluminum bottles. Look for them at a bar, restaurant, or retailer near you and support this great cause. Imagine this. Winning big at Soaring Eagle. Make it a million-dollar summer with over a million in premium play. Every Saturday now through September, six lucky players win $500 premium play every half hour from 11 a.m. to 11 p.m. Don't miss the excitement of million-dollar summer. Only at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway. Reimagine. Visit SoaringEagleCasino.com for complete rules and details. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together at the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. You can register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. (laughs) 
We are back on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark Jr., joined by my good friend Eli Beagle. Talked a lot about Detroit, their overall draft picks, even the NBA free agency, just overall, the impact of this extremely new coaching staff, just overall, a lot of fresh faces, the biggest one being Monty Williams, of course. But although, uh, rather, although the Detroit Pistons, Pistons have been making a lot of solid moves in their coaching staff and free agency and their draft picks, how will this actually fare out for this upcoming season? I think is the biggest question. Overall predictions, considering Monty flipped the Suns from a bottom tier team to a contender. Me personally, I think the Pistons can be a playing team much sooner rather than later. That being if they actually play their roster correctly, they play their rotations right, and they actually have solid development. And I think this coaching staff can really do that. How do you feel about that statement of them being a playing team? Yeah, I mean, it's it's potential for them to be a playing team this season. Uh, I think two of the most important things here are uh, them developing their young players Mm -hmm. accordingly. You know, if you just kind of throw them out there to the wolves from the start, it's going to be tough for their confidence. And then health, you know, making sure this team stays healthy. It's been something they've struggled with all season. Mm -hmm. But I mean, if you can have Cade, Ivy, and Duran all starting, you know, you know, if they get at least 70 games apiece in there, I would love to see that. That'd be beautiful. And I think that's the biggest thing. We talked about that a little bit earlier, but yes, health. Absolutely. I, I think that's kind of something we, we didn't really brush up on is the fact of how many games can they actually give you? I mean, we did talk about a little more about Cade only playing 76 in his first two seasons. I mean, that's crazy. But overall, I think, yes, if they can get at least 65 games together, those three, it'd be solid. You can rotate uh, Isaiah Stewart or even uh, James Wiseman, maybe put Duran at the you know power forward position if you got Wiseman on the floor. Same thing with Mar- Marvin Bagley. But that third spot, I think that's going to be kind of the test for Detroit to figure out who's really going to be the better fit for their starting five. Who do you think out of Asar Thompson, Joe Harris, or even Boyan Bogdanovich, who would you really like to see at that third spot in the starting position? Uh, to start the season, you know, at least the first couple of months, I think Boyan is, is the option to pick. I mean, he's a veteran player. He's been in the league for many years. Mm-hmm. He he does understand the game of basketball. You know, I wouldn't say he's a hooper, right. but he plays basketball and he can put up some buckets. Mm-hmm. And I think to start the season, you know, kind of work Thompson into the game slowly. And then as his, his offensive knowledge progresses, I think he'll he'll be the starter by the end of the season. Absolutely. For sure. Yeah, and I think the important part was what you said, that being confidence. you got to make sure that these guys have the confidence to actually give you the production you're looking for. Because, I mean, maybe that's quite literally the reason why you're seeing such turmoil, not even necessarily turmoil, but such a struggle in organizations like Detroit or even Houston or even a, t- a young team like Memphis. Memphis figured it out, but they started young and they were at the bottom of the West just a couple of seasons ago over time they slowly developed even stronger these guys have built their confidence but the team has shown that they are confident in them that's the biggest part and like you just said can the coaching staff can the front office actually prove that they're confident in these players to hopefully see better production but even then coming off the bench I know we keep kind of rotating the names of Jalen Dern you know uh, James Wiseman and Marvin Bagley the third as far as being that centerpiece or rather at the center position but bench unit I mean no matter who's at the center position, you also got uh, either Asar Thompson or Joe Harris or Boyan at some point. You got uh, Sasser and you also got Monte Morris, a big pickup for them. Overall, their starting five and the, you know, their, their bench unit is going to be beautiful. And they have a lot of backups, too. I mean, that we're not having necessarily touched on too much. I know we, we mentioned the names Isaiah Livers and Alec Burks earlier, but uh, even, um, you know, Diallo, he, he's still on there. He's going to be a great addition. I think the biggest issue might be Killian Hayes. 
we, you and I have had personal conversations quite a bit just this past season alone about how we feel about Killian Hayes, and obviously we have strong opinions, but I think any true Detroit Pistons fan who has actually been watching these games knows that Killian is just not the answer right now. Not even, I don't even think going forward. How do you feel about that? Yeah, it's disappointing to see. We had so much hope for Killian Hayes. He was a nice young project for the Pistons to work on, and he just never really fully developed like we thought he could be. We thought he was going to be a prolific shooter and scorer, and it, it just hasn't happened. Mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of why we haven't talked about him yet. You know, I hopefully I think that we could get some pieces for him, and I think he'll he'll be gone before the season starts. Right. I um, mean, go ahead. Poten- Sorry, I mean no, you, no, you're good. Uh, potentially, I think if, if we don't get rid of him, I mean, he's coming off the bench as the seventh, eighth man off the bench. I don't mm-hmm. think he's going to provide valuable minutes for this Pistons organization. No, and you know. Even in moments where Cade was injured, I mean, Jaden Ivey, uh, you know, he missed a couple of games last season, so they need, they really needed Killian to be there at the one and two spots, more so starting here and there. But you know, he showed a couple of spurts, but it's just not enough. It's not what Detroit needs right now. They need solid production. They need consistency. Yeah, consistency. They is need very important. Con- I think that is should be on the drawing board, either mm-hmm. at the one or two bulletin. Consistency. How can we be a consistent team in this league? Because that has not been a part of their culture in years. I mean, it's been a long, long, long time. Overall, Pistons, I think this season could finish above. This is going to be a very definitive statement right here, but I got to stand by it. I think Pistons can finish above 35 wins this year. I know they only got 17 last year, and that's like, dude, that's almost double of what they, you know, the wins that they mm-hmm. got last year. But overall, I, I genuinely think that they can do it because not only uh, because of their draft picks, but the players that retained, the development that's going to happen during this offseason, during training camp, things of that nature, but also the coaching staff bringing in that m- much needed knowledge and experience. Not to say that Dwayne Casey and even their previous uh, assistants didn't have it, but I think just overall that that's really going to be successful for them to be past that 35 plus win hump. I mean, they haven't finished above 35 wins since the 18-19 season, and that's when they finished with a split record of 41 apiece, and that was back when uh, Stan Van Gundy was coaching them. They did make the playoffs that year, mm-hmm. ended up getting swept, but you know, go figure, you know, Detroit Pistons fashion, but overall, they've only made the playoffs twice since the 2009 season. I think again, if they if they get past that thirty five plus win hump, they could sneak into the play in tournament. Or yeah, the play in tournament as, as the tenth seed. Not to say that they'll actually get past that team that's fighting for the eighth seed, but I still think that this team could turn around and at least make it to that play in. Yeah, I would love to see some uh, Detroit basketball mm. in the month of May. Mm. You know, and, and I would love to see us playing some meaningful basketball at the end of the season. Yep. I, I think if I'm uncautiously optimistic about the Pistons season, I think it's 40 wins. Okay. I would love to see 40 wins. Okay. I think having a healthy team this year and a lot of young guys and and Monty Williams at the helm, I think 40 wins is actually possible for this Pistons organization. I, I like how you said uncautiously optimistic. Yeah. Because I, I think, but I agree with that. Genuinely, I do. I think. If they really do this right and they all buy into the philosophies of Monty and even Silas and all those other guys, they can do this. There's mm-hmm. no question about that. It's just, again, do they have that confidence and do they even believe in themselves? I mean, when you're someone like Cade Cunningham getting injured and you're two, having two major injuries in your first two seasons, that's going to decrease your confidence. Who can you speak to that has dealt with major injuries like that that can mentor you and help you get back to the level you want to be at? But again, even Troy Weaver said, Cunningham's locked in and ready to go. So I think he has a confidence, but still needs a little bit more to obviously 
understand that, hey, man, you can do this. I understand health can be a factor, but you look at some of the major injuries across the board in the league. Players have stepped, you know, been able to mount those crazy injuries and, you know, create a lot of success for themselves. But we also should know that even if the Pistons do make it to the playoffs this year, they might lose out on some potential draft picks. I'll let you kind of lead there. Yeah, um, unfortunately, if we do make the playoffs, uh, any pick that ends up in the 19 to 30 range would end up going to the Knicks. Um, I would obviously rather take a playoffs win than, than you know an 18th overall pick or something <laughs> like that. But uh, in our second pick as well for the 2024 draft uh, goes to the Knicks as well. Okay, okay. So you're saying 40 wins for the Pistons this season. You think so? I, I believe it. I really yeah. do think that we can make that number. Um, we're in a division that's kind of struggling. A lot of teams are rebuilding. Absolutely. Obviously, the Bucks are there, and they're dominant. Um, Giannis isn't going anywhere yeah, anytime you know. soon. No. But, I mean, the Cavs are building a nice young team. The Bulls are kind of restructuring right now. Mm-hmm. I think we have potential to kind of run around and, and make some teams in this league realize like the Pistons are back. We're here. Like, respect us. So if they actually do finish with at least 40, where do you have them uh, as far as seeding? Do you think that that would at that 40 win marker would have them in the play in as a lower seed? Or do you think that they could somehow squeak into the seven, eight or rather the the, uh, you yeah, know, the seven, eight, the positioning to fight for that seven? Yeah, seed. I think I think seven, eight seed is probably pr- most likely predictable. Okay. Um, there's been so many teams moving around in the league this year, and it, it's kind of varied up. There's been a lot of guys spread out, mm-hmm. so we don't have as many like big super teams. Obviously, the Suns are there, but oh, yeah. I mean, the, the even the Nuggets lost a lot of players. Absolutely. So it, things are going to be spread out this year. I think you're going to see a lot of different competition as the season goes on. I agree with that. I, I 100% agree with that. Appreciate that knowledge. Don't go anywhere, though, because before the end of this hour, we will talk more <laughs> about the Pistons and who we think will be the better player for the team the next five years that either being Jalen Duran, Jaden Ivy or Cade Cunningham we shall see I'm Anthony Clark Jr. with Eli Beagle filling in for huge on the Michigan Sports Network everything huge 24-7 at thehugeshow.net Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids and also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Have you ever played golf at Tullymore, St. Ives? Have you experienced a stay-and-play package in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of Grand Rapids? Well, here's what you need to do if you want to take advantage of great deals right now. Go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com, and you'll see the link for packages, accommodations, dining, meetings, weddings, events, and so much more. And especially golf on the 18-hole layout at Tullymore and the 18 holes at St. Ives. And they can accommodate any group, whether it's two people getting together or 200 looking for a weekend or an overnight celebration. That includes a little business, golf, great food, and beverages. Just go to TullymoreGolf.com. That's TullymoreGolf.com. They're located in Canadian Lakes, Michigan, less than an hour north of GR. Get more info at TullymoreGolf.com. 
I'm Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball. I'm Herman Moore, and football is my game. So we know a few things about sports. And the passion of Detroit fans. That's why we're big fans of Eagle Casino and sports. It's the mobile sports book that lets you bet on action all year long. Right from your mobile device. Eagle Casino and sports. Made in Michigan. Made for Michigan. Download the app and start winning today. Must be 21 or older and in Michigan to play. Huge here with a reminder that on Thursday, July 20th, 3 until 6 p.m., I'll be broadcasting live on the patio at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. And on that Thursday, July 20th, all day long, you can stop out and buy five golf swings for five bucks with all the money going to the Folds of Honor mission. And if you beat my long drive, I could golf with you at North Kent and also pick up the tab for lunch. That's Thursday, July 20th at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. This is The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge himself today, joined by my good friend Eli Beagle. It's been a long talk about the Detroit Pistons. We'll we'll continue a little bit more and finally wrap up the talk on Detroit just overall, but also just talking about the overall NBA landscape, how free agency has panned out and what we think will, you know, kind of results for this upcoming season, even uh, just the overall draft picks and coaching staff for Detroit and made some pretty bold predictions in, in the previous segment, but I, I, I will stand by it. I know you do as well, Eli, and the hope is that we'll be right. But mm-hmm. <laughs> let's, let's, let's focus in on the individual aspect of some of the key players for Detroit Pistons. We'll start with Cade Cunningham because obviously that's, that's a huge guy, and that's someone that we have stressed our concern about as far as health, and I know any Detroit fan w- is nervous about that because, again, a guy who has only seen 76 games in a total of 164 games of his first two seasons, that's, that's kind of crazy. That's not even crazy. That's just that's worrisome, and I know we talked just a little bit about his own individual confidence and hoping that he can even remain on the floor, but... In his, even in his 76 career games, he's shown more than enough promise, more than enough potential, averaging 17.8 points per game, 5.6 rebounds, 5.6 assists. I mean, his career shooting numbers aren't necessarily where you want him to be at. You know, roughly 42% overall, 31% from three. I mean, but solid at the free throw line. He's cashing in those extra opportunities at just shy of 85%. And even then, his effective field goal percentage is at a 46.8. So... You know, almost at that halfway point, at the at least 50% marker that uh, a young team would look for when it comes to, uh, you know, searching desperately for offense. But as the team's primary ball handler um, that can absolutely improve on those career numbers, you said that earlier, he could at least be a 25 and 8 type of guy. Overall, your thoughts on Cade Cunningham? Yeah, I mean, I, I've been a believer in Cade since he was at Oklahoma State. He had a prolific season there uh, back in 20. Yep. And, I mean, it, it, he's just an I- iconic player for Detroit right now. He needs to step up and be one of those guys. And I think that him having a full, healthy season will give him the opportunity to really show us what he can do. Um, I would love to th- see that three-point percentage go up to, like, the 32-33 range, right. you know? Right, right. Um, 
But as far as offensive efficiency, I mean, he he's good with the basketball. Mm-hmm. He, he limits his turnovers. He finds guys open on the floor, mm-hmm. and and he moves well off the ball. Absolutely. You know? I mean, as someone who's great with the ball in his hands, like him having an off ball presence is is really important for this team too. Um, him being the primary ball handler for the Pistons this season, it, I mean, he's going to have to put up seven, eight assists a game. Yeah. Like it, we need to see it from him. Uh, his rookie year, he didn't really have a lot of options. Now, you know, he's got he's got Duran, he's got Thompson, he's got Ivy, and he's got Bojan at least for the start of the season. Right. It, those are guys that can score the ball. Like, Without a doubt. If he gets his, his ball to the option guys, like, they're going to get some buckets. Right. And at 6'7", I mean, he's a crazy ball handler. I mean, he handles it like he's, you know, he's like a 6'1", 6'2", guard. And that's what you want in a taller defender. I mean, that's kind of the the new wave in the, in the NBA. I shouldn't even say new. It's been quite a few seasons since we've been in this era. But... The just having a taller primary ball handler at the at the one spot, but someone who can not only score but also facilitate, like you're saying. And I do agree. There's no real excuse if he's on the floor more often than not with his options. There's no reason why he's not averaging at least seven to eight assists a game. When you have someone who has proven that they can be effective on the offense between Jalen Duran, Jaden uh, Jalen Ivy, and also um, excuse me, Jalen Duran and Jaden Ivy, kind of mix that up there. But again, Boyan, uh, a threat from the perimeter. Asar, you know he's he's a shooter, but still needs to work on it a he's little bit more. But even you know you have the the, the lobs up to Dern or, or Wiseman or Marvin Bagley, guys like that. Even Big Stu can't forget about him. There's there's again shouldn't be a lack of assists when it comes to Cade Cunningham. The biggest thing just being that health, and I, I think just overall, if he does remain on the floor, then he has the potential of being the better guy of these three players. However, let's talk a little bit more about these other two players before we make that determination. Switching over to Jalen Duran. This is a guy who played 67 of his 82 in his rookie campaign. He averaged 31.1 minutes per game, second overall in, in amongst rookies, not just for Detroit, but for amongst rookies. I think that is great. And like you just said, Kay didn't really have options like that in his first you know, season. Now he has someone like Jalen Duran who proved his efficiency in a kind of a wishy-washy you know season for Detroit like he he missed a, you know a couple games and even then uh, I think he was shut down towards the end of the mm-hmm. season because you know we talked we talked a little bit earlier about how we can't be a team that just gives up in March we you know even in February we had to be a team that is ready to go up until the second week of April but getting back to Duran, uh, per game, he was averaging, you know, nine points, 8.9 rebounds, more or less nine. He shot 64, if not 65 percent from the field, from the from the field. Second overall, again, amongst rookies, free throw percentages got to improve those uh, only at 61 percent. If you're going to be someone who is constantly in the paint on offense and you're looking for those extra opportunities, there's no question about it. You have to be someone who can knock them down. However, even then, as far as efficiency Uh, a veteran that I have respected personally for many, many, many years, that being Paul George. He said in a podcast not too many weeks ago that Jalen Duran is more or less a baby Dwight Howard. And I think that's probably one of the best compliments you could ever have from any NBA veteran after just your rookie season. He said it even during the season. He hadn't even finished it yet. Says he's one of the strongest players he's ever faced off against and has a lot of high expectations, and I think we both do as well. I mean, just overall, what do you think Duran can actually amount to in his career, even in just the next five years? That's what we're more so focusing on. Yeah, I mean, obviously the Pistons, uh, they they saw a lot of potential 
around him at Memphis. They saw a lot of raw talent. You know, he's a very athletic dude. He's big. He's strong. Um, and he can score the basketball when he needs to. I mean, obviously, last year, he only averaged nine points a game. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this year, he's the type of guy that can put up 13 and 10, you know, pretty oh, consistently yes. if he's yes. getting the, the minutes. Yep. Um, and I look for him to have a lot of blocks this season, too. I mean, he is... He is looking for those. That's what Absolutely. he thrives off of. Yes. That's what gets him going. Yes. And and he wants to put those guys in uncomfortable positions where they can't just take the ball at him. No. And I think that, you know, as his career pans out, if he continues to to build and develop his skills as a scorer, mm-hmm. I mean, he could be the best player out of these three dudes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I'm not saying he's going to be like a Dennis Rodman level no. player for the Pistons, but he, he can be iconic. He can be big for us. And I think that him and Cade together will be great on this uh, Pistons team. Absolutely. Not necessarily a, a Jersey, you know, a retirement type of guy, you know, retired. get there. But, you know, it, it, as far as his potential, it's there. You talked about his blocks. He, he led, or excuse me, was top three amongst rookies for total blocks. Ended up finishing with 59. Second in total rebounds amongst rookies, 595. Again, a productive guy. He will go out and get you what you need on both ends. And when a multi-year veteran is telling you that you need to look out for a rookie at just 19, he was a, at 18 rather. He was mm-hmm. the youngest player in the league this past season. When the youngest guy in the league is being touted as a baby Dwight Howard, I mean, that's that's a scary thought. I, I would be on the lookout for whenever I have that assignment against Jalen Dern, whether or not he's, you know, rotating off the bench or anything. But I mean, if he could average almost 32 minutes a game last season, if Detroit is really buying into him, which Paul George is advocating that they do, they're saying do not focus your attention too much on someone like James Wiseman or even Marvin Bagley III, who, you know, uh, he didn't really have as much opportunity in Sacramento because mm-hmm. for whatever reason, they kind of just shut him down. Wouldn't really give him any opportunity to play. Comes out to Detroit. You know, he's a solid player, but I'm still more bought in into someone like Jalen Dern than I am Marvin Bagley. But when someone like PG is saying, this is someone that they needed to buy into, I think Detroit needs to listen and actually be like, you know what? He's right. Yeah, I, I agree 100%. Obviously, that Marvin Bagley contract is large. And, you know, he was great for Duke back in the day. Right. And he's still young. He's 24 years old. He has a lot of time to develop. That is crazy that he's been only 24 years old. Like, it seems like he's been in here for at least 10 years. Yeah. Like, but that's that's the point is that he got shut down so early in his career for what, like, I, I just, for whatever reason, I never really caught actual traction as to why I know that his dad was publicly going out and saying that they need to get my kid off of this team because they are wasting his time mm-hmm. I, and I agreed with that I liked him in Sacramento I know I just said I'm not too crazy about him in Detroit but that's because they have other options that I'm more bought into however I still think that Marvin Backley is solid I still think that they should be looking more so into buying into Dern as their number one option at the center position. Yeah, he's, he's development for the future Absolutely. of the team. I mean, Marvin Bagley, he's a great piece, but mm-hmm. we're not going to pay him when his time comes. No. And Jalen Dern, we will. If he develops correctly, we will pay him. He's going to get uh, not necessarily maybe that that rookie contract, you know, max mm-hmm. that like, you know, Tyrese Halliburton or Ant Edwards or uh, the third, or LaMelo Ball just yeah. got maybe not you know, $256 million in five years, but definitely nine, you know, figures minimum without a doubt our third guy here though on this list someone who stepped up tremendously when Cade went out suffered that you know shin injury only played 12 games it's his rookie campaign as well and it's it's um, in a team in an organization that's still looking for itself however they're starting to make strides to finally establishing that culture 
that being Jaden Ivey, of course. This is that was their he took on the starting point guard position again when Cade went out, played seventy four of eighty two, only missed eight games, which is solid. Third in points per game amongst rookies, that was sixteen point three. First in total assists at three hundred eighty seven. Uh, you know, per game as far as shooting numbers, I think that's kind of the the worry a little bit. We we talked a lot about how Detroit needs to find their offensive identity, and even in other separate conversations I've had with folks. He, Ivy has to figure it out uh, on offense for sure. I mean, only shooting 42% in this league is not going to get you anywhere. However, showing promise behind, you know, at the perimeter, shooting 34% overall. I mean, a lot of lethal shooters in today's era started, you know, at the lower 30s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and even then, uh, another guy who might want to, you know, pump it up a little bit at the extra extra chance opportunities when it comes to the free throw line, you know, just 75%. But your overall takes on a player like like Ivy. Yeah, I, I followed Ivy for many years. As a big uh, Michigan fan, I watch all the Purdue games, mm-hmm. uh, and he tore us up for many years over there. <laughs> and I think that he has potential to be the number one scorer on this team. I mean, if you're giving him the ball in the perimeter and he's open, mm-hmm. he's a great spot-up shooter. I, I liken his game to like a Jalen Brown, where if he's open and you get him the ball, he can take it to the rack. He'll, he'll put it up. And, and he's a decent defensive player yes. to the point where you can leave him on the floor and he's not going to be a liability. Right. Um, as far as potential, like the, the ceiling is is the best player in the league. I mean, this is a kid who really can come into his own. He's still young and he's got a great leadership around him. And with Cade facilitating the ball to him, I could see him having a season where he averages like 25 and four. Oh yeah. I, Easily. I, yeah. And he's shown confidence. Like you said, since he was at Purdue, I remember I'm, I'll be quite honest. The first time I ever discovered Ivy was when he hit the game winner, winner over Ohio state. I was mm-hmm. almost went into work. I actually met up with you later that day. And I was like, man, did you see that shot? Like that was crazy. And I was like, this kid's actually pretty dope. Come to find out Detroit ends up drafting him. Yep. And, he, and he was, you know, projected to go at least at the, the four spot ends up falling to the five. Detroit said, oh, are you I kidding? Thrilled. We'll pick. take it. I remember that night. We were together as well during the NBA draft, just going mm-hmm. nuts. And then we find out the 13th pick, they trade with New York to get Jalen Dern. And I said, oh my goodness, I couldn't believe it. But I do agree that, yes, the, the sky's the limit for this young man. He showed that he is fearless. Like you said, he will attack the rim without hesitation. I mean, he, he is crafty, he's flashy, and he's very quick. I mean, he has a lot of versatility when it comes to his game. And the fact that he had you know, little to no uncomfortability to taking over the reins of this team, uh, an organization that's still looking for itself proves that again, he could be one of the better point guards, if not one of the better players in this league within the next five seasons. But if we had to pick, I know you kind of lightly said it already, but definitively, if you had to pick between Duran, Ivy or Cunningham, who do you believe will be the true better player of these three in five years? Um, yeah, if we're looking five years down the road, uh, I think as far as potential and as far as ceiling and from what I've seen from them in, in the league, I think I think Jaden Ivey is going to be the guy. I think that's the guy that the Pistons are going to kind of build their team around okay. you know, for the next couple seasons. Yeah. Obviously, Cade is our leader, yes. and he's the first overall pick. And I think that he's going to continue his success at, at the Pistons. But if Ivy develops like I think he will, he will be the best Piston in, in the last decade. I like that. I you know I I don't see any wrong with that. Me personally, it was hard for me to pick this, but I I think I'm going to go with Duran. Me uh, only because I think it can be very challenging as a point guard in this league. It's not to say that centers never had a hard time, but. For his potential and what he has already proven, not to say Ivy hasn't proven anything, I think Duran 
he stays healthy, this dude's going to be a beast, and he already is. So we'll see what happens. I, I appreciate your pick. Yeah. I'm going to rock with Dern. Ivy is not a bad selection whatsoever. The hope is that all three of these players are just absolutely dominant in yeah, the next I would five lo- years. I would love that. And still in Detroit, right? Like, you still want him in Motown. Mm-hmm. That's the hope. We shall see what happens. But, it, you know, who knows? Uh, you never know. It's it's a very interesting league. You never know what's going to happen. But either way, w- w- we shall see, like I'm already saying. Coming up in the next hour, though, on The Huge Show, we will be talking. We'll step away finally from the NBA. We'll get away from the professional league and talk a little bit more about the collegiate level, the NCAA, of course, who we believe is going to be having a little bit more professional uh, po- possibilities when it comes to Michigan and Michigan State, as well as touching on the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You are listening to the huge show on the michigan sports network big bad huge the following is a presentation of the michigan sports network Wednesdays on the Huge Radio Network are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. You can follow everything about high school sports 24-7 at MHSAA.com, at MHSAA on Twitter, and MHSAA on Facebook. Wednesdays on the Huge Show are presented by the Michigan High School Athletic Association. Are you ready for huge opinions on the Lions, Tigers, Wings, Pistons, Michigan, MSU, and every sports team in the state of Michigan it's time for the huge show from the east side to the west side to the UP the huge show is on air statewide on the Michigan Sports Network voice your huge opinions now at 1-866-838-HUGE that's 1-866-838-4843 now the huge one Bill Simonson What's going on, Michigan? Welcome to the Huge Show. I am Anthony Clark Jr. filling in for Huge today. With me is my good friend Eli Beagle. Superfly Hayes is our executive producer. We've talked a lot already today about the Detroit Pistons and the NBA overall. Eli said that the Pistons will finish with at least 40, at least 40 wins. I myself made the claim of 35. Our hopes is that those win tallies, either or, would get them into the play-in tournament at minimum, whether or not that be fighting for the seventh or eighth seed. But let's uh, let's get a little bit more into just the overall landscape of the NBA. But first, later this hour, we'll get into the professional co- college prospects for next season with a focus on Michigan and Michigan State and an overall talent comparison between those two programs, as well as giving some thoughts on some of the best high school basketball players in Michigan and even uh, a quick surface of just the overall top prospects in the nation for the 2024 recruiting recruiting class. But before we get into those conversations, we'll wrap up the focus on NBA coverage with who we think will be the conference champion in the East and West for the 2024 playoffs and who we think will be the next champion as well as getting it a little bit into the summer league. Not too much on that, but still that's happening this week. So why not cover it? But let's get into the forecast like we just mentioned. East and West, I, I think we'll start with West. Why not? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. West overall, we we know that was the that is the reigning champion. That being the Denver Nuggets, them coming out of the West. 
Do you think that they could potentially repeat as NBA champions this upcoming season after losing out on Bruce Brown? A lot of people are really harping on Jeff Green. Don't get me wrong. He was the catalyst for them when it came to certain situations. However, I think they have other solid pieces that aren't necessarily going to be breaking their backs and losing out on Jeff Green. So again, do you think the Denver Nuggets have enough pieces to repeat as NBA champions? Yeah, of course. There's no reason that they they won't. I mean, Jokic is the best player in the league. Mm-hmm. He's the best player we've seen in probably 10 years other than LeBron. Mm-hmm. He, he's dominant. He's dominant on offense, on defense. Uh, there's no reason to think that the Nuggets won't repeat as champions or at least make a good run at it. Right. I agree. I, I think that they have more than enough potential. Again, you know, they lose out on Bruce Brown, who was a huge player for them. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he was one of their starting guys. So that's a that's a piece you don't necessarily want to lose out on. But I think they kind of anticipated that. More mm-hmm. often than not, when you have kind of that glue guy out there, sometimes when he has big moments and actually gets you a title or gets you, you know, a lot of success, a lot of recognition more often than not, he kind of gets that mentality of, okay, well maybe another team will actually pay me, you know, a lot of money. So let me see what my options are. But I think I can really appreciate the guys who would rather value the team success as opposed to, you know, the finances, but I get it. It's generational wealth. It's generational. It it is generational wealth. I agree. But like, you know, he's saying after the game, like I'm coming back, I'm going to be here next season. (laughs) Like you, you got all the emotions in you. And then when someone flashes that 40 million at you, you're like change up just a little bit of a, I don't want to say sellout, but it's like uh, you made some promises. Go get your money. Yeah. You won you, you won the ring. Go get your money. He deserves it. Uh That's why I don't want to call it a sellout move because he absolutely deserves what Indiana just paid him. I shouldn't say absolutely, because he kind of got a big bag. Like, I mean, what yeah, he got was, overpaid for sure. He's making over forty million, if I remember correctly. Yeah, uh, he's he's making forty five million in the next two seasons, twenty two and a half mil. Good for him. Again, <laughs> okay, we'll leave it at Good that. For Good him. for him. We'll just, we'll, all respect to Bruce Brown Jr., a phenomenal player, but kind of crazy. Phoenix. We touched on them in the first hour of today's show. They made the huge acquirement of getting Bradley Beal. They, they ship out a, a much older and a more injury-prone CP3. Don't get me wrong, Bradley Beal has had his fair share of injuries in recent seasons, a bigger one being the wrist surgery that he just had more recently. But he's, he's locked and ready to go. There's a lot of excitement out in the Valley right now. Do you think Phoenix, their focus on offense more than their defense is actually going to work in a, in a Western Conference? Yeah, I think that's where they struggle. Um, I mean, obviously you have prolific scores with with Booker and KD mm-hmm. and like, you know, KD is still in his prime no matter what people say. Like this dude will give you 40 a game <laughs> if you let him. And I think the addition of Beal will be great for this team. This going to be so much fun to watch him play. I mean, these games are going to they're, they're going to score 130 a game probably <laughs> because they are going to be that good. That's going to be if they can crazy. keep that team healthy. That's yep. going to be a fun season to watch in the Suns. I think that's the biggest thing. Yes. We talked a little bit about how they dealt with some injuries and even some turmoil in between the the players and the coaching staff, that being DeAndre Ayton and Monty Williams. But with Williams finally being out, they get Frank Vogel, uh, a, a champion three seasons ago. He coached one of the greatest players to ever touch a a basketball court, that being LeBron James, of course, and even Anthony Davis. He brings a lot of knowledge. And again, Kevin Durant, he has a lot of postseason experience, Uh, a champion. I mean, I don't really appreciate his rings as much because that's that's one of my favorite basketball players ever, but I still do not (laughs) forgive him for going to the Golden State Warriors, but we're talking about today's time. Ruined your 4th of July. Absolutely, you did. They announced it. Bro, come on, bro. Uh, July 4th, like, let me enjoy my (laughs) holiday, please, before you go and break my heart. 2016, I'll never forget the day, never forget where I was. I, I, I can tell you the same exact spot I was at in Grand Haven. Get back on track. 
does Phoenix, do you think they actually will have enough, even with this offensive firepower, to, to get past a team in the West that focuses a little bit more on defense with, obviously, those offensive weapons on their teams? Yeah, I think I think, I think the main thing that they struggled with last year was depth, mm-hmm. and I think they're going to struggle with it again this year. You know, it's a long season. Mm-hmm. It, it lasts a long time. If you have an injury to a major player, you don't have a lot of great star power coming off on that bench. So I think the, the key for them being successful is staying healthy. Absolutely. I agree with that very much. The Spurs, we already know who they got. Probably one of the craziest draft prospects to have come to this league in decades. Mm-hmm. Victor Webinyama. This guy is more than likely going to turn this organization around. He's going to be coached and mentored by some of the greatest players and coach to ever be in this league. Greg Popovich has always been my favorite coach. Tim Duncan, David Robinson, even Tony Parker, Manu Ginobili. What better mentors could you possibly have as an 18-year-old kid being coached by someone like that? I mean, truly and honestly, how do you feel about this uh, San Antonio Spurs this season? I, I called it that he was going to end up there. You know, they have the French connection. <laughs> you did. And, and I'm excited to see him, you know, really develop. He's a young kid, and he's got a lot of weight on his shoulders, mm-hmm. you know. Absolutely. And, and the last person to have weight like that was LeBron, and he really stepped up and lived up to the legacy. Mm-hmm. I mean, he... He's Victor, a great player. Yeah, Victor has the world on his shoulders, yes. and, and he he can do whatever he wants. Yes. I mean, if he can stay healthy, I really hope the Spurs put a lot of time and effort into making sure that he's physically ready for this long season. Mm-hmm. And, and it'll be great to watch, do you watch think, his development. you think that they can return back to the playoffs this year? It's It's been since uh, the... 1819 uh, season that they actually had a playoff berth. Uh, they had a play-in berth the... Not this current, this most recent season, but the previous two seasons, they made a play in birth, but uh, that was a tenth seed, and you know they get they get bounced out after that first game. They were one and done. Do you think that they could actually make it to the playoffs this year? They, they've struggled since they lost Kawhi, mm-hmm. but um, I think that Pop knows how to put a team together, yes. you know, and he knows how to get a roster to work together and work to everyone's strengths. Mm-hmm. So I do see them making a playoff berth in the West. Mm-hmm. You know, probably mm-hmm. at like a six or a seven seed, being a really consistent, solid team. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you, you talk about their roster. They have, they have pieces. They have uh, Jeremy Sokan. I believe mm-hmm. that's how you pronounce his last name. Keldon Johnson, a great player. I like him. Trey Jones at the one spot. Even, you know, Zach Collins and Devin Vessel. They have players. Yeah, you know, I, I think... I know there's some speculation that Damian Lillard might end up going to San Antonio, but I mean, realistically, I don't know. I, I just don't see that. I don't either. see him spending the yeah, money. No, I just, uh, they'd rather focus their attention on building the future around Victor Webinyama as opposed to trying to strike on a, a, an immediate ring just because you get one of the craziest prospects in the world. Los Angeles, both of those teams. How do you feel about the Lakers and the Clippers? Clippers might actually acquire James Harden. We talked about that already. They might match up James with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, even, you know, the Brody, Russell Westbrook. He signed a very minimum contract, which I think is why uh, they will likely acquire James because, you know, Russell, he decided I'd rather win for this team as opposed to getting, you know, a, a crazy contract again. Out of both of those teams, which ones do you think, the Lakers or the Clippers, who has more success? Obviously, the Lakers have more potential for success. The Clippers are the same old Clippers no matter who they sign. <laughs> they're going to struggle to balance all those personalities yep. over there. Yep. And I think LeBron has you know two good seasons left in him, mm-hmm. and they made a lot of good acquisitions in free agency. Absolutely. So I think that they're going to be primed to be a top seed in the West. Retain Rui, give him, you know, they pay him. Austin Reeves got paid that, you know, they, they pick up game Vince, Gabe Vincent from the Miami heat. He was a catalyst for them as far as scoring and Lakers need scoring. Absolutely. And they're, they're still making other solid retentions, making some great trades, things like that. So I agree. I think the Lakers will have a lot more success. 
on the eastern side of things. You think Boston is finally going to get past that hump after acquiring Christop- or trading for Kristaps Porzingis? They give away, I think, their best backcourt defender and point guard. Do you think they should have traded for another power forward? I know Al Horford's kind of on the, you know, he, he's on, he's teetering a little bit. I mean, he's only getting older. He's he's given production, but they trade for Porzingis, give away their best point guard. They still have some options in the backcourt, but do they finally get past that hump of being a title contender again? Yeah, obviously they're going to make a return. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, they have great players, but losing Marcus Smart, I feel like he was the leader of that team, and he was kind of the heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And Porzingis doesn't give me the vibes of, of Marcus Smart's leadership. No. I mean, obviously, he's a great player. He's very talented. He's still young. But they're not trying to develop. They're trying to win now. Exactly. And, and I think that they're going to struggle. I think if Jason Tatum doesn't have one of the greatest seasons ever, I don't think this Celtics team really has what it takes to win in the East. It's very disappointing to see this team. I know a lot of people don't like Boston, just the city of Boston overall. But as far as this team, it is very disappointing because they do have a lot of opportunity and a lot of potential man like they have two of the greater superstars in this league I, I will call Jason Tatum and uh, and Jalen Brown superstars yeah argue if you know if you don't believe in that that's fine but these guys have more than enough potential and they have already proven it unfortunately they disappear when it matters most but we've seen other superstars do the same thing so it's not like they're in the minority when it comes to that they still have Malcolm Brogdon at, you know, he obviously will be their number one option, a phenomenal point guard. Uh, dealing with the injury last season that he lost quite a bit of time, and which might have been one of the bigger reasons as to why they fell to Miami the way they did. They were almost there, almost came, completed the, the comeback of winning game seven, just unfortunately didn't do it. They still have Derek White. They, they retained a lot of their, you know, veteran guys and bigger guys. It's just a bad core. That's the worry right there. You know, yep. you have. Derek White and Malcolm Brogdon as your one and two options. I mean, I guess you could put JB, you know, at, at the two spot if you really wanted to. I mean, realistically, now that I say that, you really could. Malcolm Brogdon, Jalen Brown, you have uh, Jason Tatum and Chris Stops, and then either Robert Williams, Grant Williams, or even uh, um, Al Horford at the center spot. That's a solid starting spot. They five. have a great roster. Absolutely. But if you want to talk about a walking glass house, it's definitely Porzingis. It's, he's a phenomenal player, but the reason why he has not panned out in this league is because his injuries are it's, it's way too common. I see him on the injury list more than I ever see him actually you know, giving production, so it's mm-hmm. just unfortunate. A healthy Bucks roster, do you think that they can return back to the finals and potentially win their second title in just three seasons? If they're healthy, they're the best team in the league. Mm-hmm. I mean... For them to re-sign Lopez and Middleton, it means that they're committed to trying to win these next three years. I mean, Giannis is in his prime, mm-hmm. and, and they have grilled, built a great team, a great depth in their bench. Yes. So I think it'll be important for them to stay healthy. And, and if Giannis can play like he has the past couple of seasons, I mean, we're going to see a, a really good battle in the East. Oh, I, think, yeah. I think that they're going to be the best team coming out of it. I agree. And I, I said the same thing at the start of this most recent season. Unfortunately, Giannis gets injured in round one. They end up losing to the Miami Heat. A very disappointing end to their season. Which And they had a, a phenomenal regular season. They were top of the league throughout the entirety. Giannis was dealing with a couple knee injuries. Even Brooke Lopez missed some time there. Chris Middleton being the biggest absence that they saw. He missed basically the first quarter of the of the season and then even then missed some more time midway through. But I agree. The fact that they re-signed both of these guys, retained them, bought, you know, paid them very well. They are obviously buying into hoping that they can keep Giannis happy and actually make another run at another title. But we shall see. The final Eastern team. Philadelphia, the 76ers, mm-hmm. probably one of the most 
I don't want to say disappointing, but honestly, disappointing teams with the largest amount of potential in the East. They just cannot get out of the second round. It's 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 disappointing. With them hiring Nick Nurse, they say Tyrese Maxey is untouchable, but they're not giving giving him an extension, which I think is very odd. They are Tobias Harris is nearing his final year in his contract, and they're trying to keep James Harden, but he doesn't want to be there. Do the 76ers have any possible chance of making it to the Eastern Conference Finals at minimum this year? I mean, I, I got to I gotta feel bad for Philly fans. <laughs> I mean, you lose the World Series. You lose the Super Bowl. And then this happens. It all blows up after you have an MVP season out of Embiid. And and I think that they just need to to give it one more shot. Yes. I think this is the year. And if they don't, I think they got to blow it all up and start from the ground up. I think it, so, too. They've been struggling for the past couple seasons, and every time it feels like they have it and they have it figured out, they it just falls through. We're, so. we're well past the trust the process era. The process was supposed to have already created a title by now. Mm-hmm. Just not seeing it. So it's unfortunate, and I agree with you. As a, if I was a Philly fan, I'd be pretty heartbroken. I, I can feel for them. I, I empathize for them, but as a Detroit fan I, I don't really empathize for no, not as at much all. <laughs> but to get back on a serious note the summer league we we said it, it started this week it started just this past Monday started off with the California Classic and the Salt Lake City uh, both of those individual brackets just four teams and excuse me four teams in the Salt Lake City summer league and five in the California Classic I think it's kind of cool how they you know get them prepared for to actually get after each other the entirety of the league you know in, in these individual summer league teams just overall you know your thoughts on the summer league how how you think it's going to pan out and you know the excitement levels of that yeah yeah we caught a couple of the games and it's kind of nice having these little classics it kind of feels like the beginning of college basketball season you got lots of young guys going at each other and and they all know each other's games because they've come up playing together Mm -hmm. and then you get the guys mixed in from you know european like leagues and and it's fun to watch it's fun to watch these young guys just kind of come into their own and get used to their new teams and Mm -hmm. it's going to be a good season i think so too it's always fun to watch the summer league i mean more and more fans have bought into it and it is it's an exciting time it's these young guys are trying to prove to their organizations that they were drafted for a reason and that they will give you solid production it's just young guys going at each other's necks and hoping to be that next guy for their team so i agree with you very much the summer league started monday goes all the way till july 17th the nba 2k24 summer league the official tournament the loss that being in las vegas will have 76 games in total four regular games apiece for each team quarterfinals starting july 15th championship game monday july 17th so be on the lookout for that folks but for our next segment coming up on the huge show we'll dive into more of the college aspect of basketball as well as the high school level i'm anthony clark joined by my good friend eli beagle filling in for huge today on the michigan sports network from saint joseph to midland this show is huge In the hey, sports fans, here's a hanging curveball that you can knock out of the ballpark. This is Matt Shepard, the voice of Detroit baseball, inviting you to step up to the plate at Eagle Casino and Sports, the mobile sports book where you can bet on all your favorites all year round, including, of course, our national pastime. So download the app and start winning today. Eagle Casino and Sports, made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 years or older and in Michigan to play. Happy 4th of July, everybody. The Tigers will celebrate this holiday by hosting the Oakland A's in the first of a three-game series. The Tigers found a nice little offensive rhythm.
rhythm in Colorado, scoring 23 runs, collecting 30 hits, and belting seven home runs in the three-game set. Of course, Coors Field will do that for an offense. We could see similar totals against the Athletics, though, who surrender the most home runs and the most walks in the majors. Tarek Skubal makes his season debut tonight. It's his first since August 1st of 2022. It's a welcoming sight to see Skubal back tonight, Eduardo Rodriguez tomorrow, and Riley Green and Akil Badu returning soon. You know, this post-All-Star break could look very promising. Bill Simonson here with a message from my good friend Josh Garvey. Now, he's the new managing shareholder for Bean Garter. At the end of the year, they'll be merging with Doran Mayhew, and they'll be stronger together as one of America's top accounting and business firms. And speaking of business, if you're a business owner, decision maker, Bean Garter has retirement planning services in combination with Dorn Mayhew that can help take a lot of work off of your plate. Third-party administrator for 401k and 403b plans. They plan, document, design, and have maintenance of all plans. They can help you today. Go to BeanGarter.com for more information. Annual employer reporting, Form 589-55 preparation and filing, and compliance testing. So let BeanGarter help you with your retirement planning services for your company. Stronger Together now with Dorn Mayhew. You can find out more at BeanGarter.com. That is B-E-E-N-E-G-A-R-T-E-R.com. There are 13 folds that bring the American flag to the iconic shape of freedom. This summer, Folds of Honor and Budweiser celebrate 13 years of changing military and first responder lives together. Service never stops, and neither will we. So join me in raising a Budweiser to raise funds for Folds of Honor. Enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch Budweiser Lager Beer, St. Louis, Missouri. Elevate your night out at the legendary Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Now open at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Start with the finest cuts of USDA prime beef. Pair that with handcrafted cocktails, signature signs, and Ruth's legendary hospitality, and you've got yourself one incredible night. Ruth's Chris Steakhouse has arrived. Make a reservation at RuthsChris.com for your incredible night at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort. Your getaway reimagined. Roast Umber is a farm direct coffee sourced from Central American farmers and roasted in Grand Rapids. And also the Nitro Cold Brew Coffee is a convenient and healthy option for energy with no sugar additives. Look for it at your local retailer or at RoastUmber.com. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. We are back on the huge show on the Michigan Sports Network. I'm Anthony Clark Jr., joined by my good friend, Elijah Beagle. All day we have discussed the Detroit Pistons to an extent. I mean, I don't think I've ever talked about Detroit that much in one sitting, and as well as even the NBA as a whole. But so now let's dive into some college ball and, you know, some of the NCAA top prospects and a comparison between the Michigan and Michigan State programs. All of that before we actually get into the MHSAA top recruits later on. But again, best pro po- prospects in college basketball next season. Overall, you want to take the lead on this, Eli? Yeah, yeah, I can cover these guys. Um, as far as uh, University of Michigan and Michigan players that are coming in, um, 
to the, the NBA season potentially mm-hmm. next year. There's really only one guy out of the two classes that I, I really think could be a, a great, great player. Right. Uh, uh, Tyson Walker is one of the best scorers in the country. Mm. Uh, potential lottery pick, depending on how good his season is this mm. year. Um, along with that, we have uh, Justin Edwards. He's a six foot seven star, uh, small forward for Kentucky. He's a five star. He's, he's probably a one and done. I mean, he can stretch the floor. He's shoot or great with perimeter shooting. Mm-hmm. And uh, as well as uh, DJ Wagner, his yes. fellow star at Kentucky, just yes. a, a great point guard. This think, guy is yeah. going to be. He's going to be a great NBA player yeah, someday. Two it, solid signings for sure by it, Kentucky. If you're a Kentucky fan, you're feeling yeah, pretty good about this season. Yeah, It's been a while for them to have a good one, so they need it. <laughs> absolutely. I agree with that. And even then, I found it kind of interesting, some top guys for at least the ESPN you know, 100 recruiting database, not even necessarily at the NCAA, but still some top prospects overall for the 2024 NBA draft. These being two G League Ignite players, or rather three of them, Ron Holland, uh, a guy out of Duncan, Duncanville, Texas, six feet six foot eight power forward another five star and then Matas Bazoulis I believe uh, a six nine small forward another five star out of Hinsdale Illinois uh, you know it's it's interesting to see that more players are starting to go towards that route they'd rather get paid for their development as opposed to you know, maybe taking two semesters at a school mm-hmm. and not really even paying attention in their classes and, you know, not getting paid for their likeness or popularity or any type of, you know, value that they bring to their programs. I think it, it, it is cool. I know more often than not, kind of the older generations, I don't mean to, you know, be an ageist out here or anything, but more often than not, if I'll be honest, in my conversations, it's usually the older folks who don't really agree with young guys getting paid, you know, at that time. But I think we're just in a new era of ball. It is what it is. I know that NCAA basketball is some of my favorite sports to ever watch. If it's not one, it's definitely two. There's no question. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, that's in contention with college football because Lord knows we love Saturdays in the fall, but it's, 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 you know, interesting to just see that. I just, I just had to quickly know that, but uh, overall, we, you know, we wanted to also talk about who we think could uh, potentially be, you know, the number one team cutting the nets, you know, come April next year. According to Sportsbet GM, at least five days ago, as far as the, you know, the the projections, the odds of who's going to be the winner. Number one is Duke University at plus twelve hundred. They're, all, I mean, you know, somewhat tied with Kansas, but still ranked above them at plus twelve hundred. Purdue somehow still top three, even though they got bounced out in the first round last year. Mm-hmm. Michigan State University. I think this is kind of you know interesting, and I know we're going to talk about them here in a little bit. But they're they're top four right now in projections at plus sixteen. How, how do you feel about that one? Yeah, if, if you follow Big Ten basketball, it's not a surprising thing mm-hmm. to see Michigan State returning all these players. Uh, I, I like them at plus sixteen hundred to, mm-hmm. to take it all. Yeah, they're, absolutely. They're looking great, as well as Kentucky at plus eighteen hundred. I think Kentucky is going to be really good this Again, season. Yeah, two, I think Cal Parry can really get this team together. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're feeling risky, you can throw a little bit on Michigan, uh, plus 8,000. <laughs> it, it's worth a sprinkle. Hey, you never know. Uh, we've seen crazier things happen, right? We've seen teams... It, low seeds, all of a sudden they're they're in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh wait, they're in the Elite Eight. Oh, all of a sudden now they they they're in the title contention. So you never know. Michigan might do it, but to actually focus in on these guys, Michigan versus Michigan State. On one side, you have more or less a total rebuild in a program, that being, of course, the University of Michigan, unfortunately. On the other hand, you already said it, a program that has, has their best players returning. They have, you know, they're, they're in the top five for favorites of national contenders. And overall, they have you know, a very successful coach, if we're going to be honest with ourselves. You know, Tom Izzo, he's, he's very well respected and will go down as one of the better coaches to ever grace, you know, the NCAA. But let's start with Michigan before we get to the Spartans. 
overall, what are your thoughts on just the overall landscape of Michigan basketball? Yeah, um, to start off the season last year, we, we had a lot of hope. Uh, and it ended up being one of the most disappointing seasons in Michigan history. Mm-hmm. Michigan was the first team to ever have two players picked in the lottery and missed the field of 68. I mean, that's just unacceptable. I can't believe it. And, and I can't blame it all on Juwan Howard. You know, uh, he's had a lot of one and dones in his first couple of years at Michigan. A lot of great players have come through the program the last couple of years. Yes. And, and, and we lost both Jet Howard and Kobe Bufkin, uh, local Grand Rapids guy, yep. to the NBA. Good for them. You know, Jet Howard is on his dad's former team, mm-hmm. uh, the Magic. Yep. And, and I love to see that for him. I mean, he was picked at 11, and he's a great he prolific scorer. It, it, it's very exciting for him. And, uh, and, and Kobe Bufkin goes to a more tough situation at the Hawks. I think that uh, it'll give him an opportunity to develop. He's got a great skill set, and he's a good young point guard. So I think he'll be great there. Uh, as well as losing Hunter Dickinson to Kansas. Um, this didn't come as a shock to me. Um, he, he doesn't really have much of a role in the NBA. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, big centers like that, they just don't really have a great role right now. They have to be able to stretch the floor if and, you're going to be a big center. Exactly. I mean, to. he is an athletic dude, and he's developed a good shot. But right. I think at Kansas, it'll be fun to watch him. And I think uh, he got a bag for it. Oh, so absolutely. you got to do what you got to do. And I think that's why Kansas, you know, they're more or less tied with Duke right now as the, the contenders. So mm-hmm. we'll see. Uh, along with that, uh, Michigan did make up some some good pickups. We didn't really get all the guys that we were going for, like Caleb Love and Papa Conte and Terry Shannon Jr. Mm-hmm. All of those guys decommitted due to admissions issues, which I think is something Michigan needs to address. It's Absolutely. been a problem the past couple seasons. But uh, uh, picking up George Washington the third out of Kentucky, he's a combo guard. I'm, obviously, his role is going to a five-star freshman, so he's coming in, and I think he'll fill a good spot at the two-point for Michigan. Um, we have Doug McDaniel returning. He's mm-hmm. going to be a sophomore this year, mm-hmm. and he really kind of came into his own with Jalen Llewellyn's injury, uh, who's also back. He'll get his sixth-year uh, option. Uh, he, he's a great player. He scored a lot for Georgetown back in the day, so yes. I think that Jalen Llewellyn can be really, really good for this Michigan team this year coming off the bench. Um, as well as Terrence Williams. I mean, I know a lot of Michigan fans are kind of tired of seeing him. <laughs> he's been on the team for six years. He hasn't really produced like he's supposed to. Right. But but he is a grinder on defense. Uh, he'll put up okay numbers every season. Right. And I think this is his opportunity to really kind of be like, hey, this is my last chance here. He's not going to make it to the league without <laughs> Solidified it. himself. Yep, yep. I agree. And I, I appreciated that you did uh, lightly mention about, you know, Jawan Howard. Obviously, he's currently on the hot seat right now. I mean, you know, first Michigan team to miss the field of 68 in nine seasons. That's that's pretty tough. And, you know, if, if you want to crunch the numbers, you know, it could be individual whether or not. But they lost a lot of offensive production, no mm-hmm. matter how you calculate it. I mean, they lost really their their top scorers more or less like they you know, Hunter Dickinson you know uh, and obviously you know Jet and obviously Kobe they they need guys like that but you talk about these new guys are bringing in the hope is that they can give you that you know some type of that you know some level of that production but either way I think if you're a Michigan fan right now, if you're looking at their offense, it's kind of worrisome. I could be wrong, but that's me. Yeah, I, you're, you, we lost a lot of good offense, but we have good young guys. I think Will Shetter and Terrace Reed Jr. are two guys to look out for. Mm-hmm. Terrace started to get some minutes towards the end of the season, mm-hmm. and he is a great center. He's athletic, he's raw, he's young, mm-hmm. and he, he's got a good talent on the defensive end of the ball. As well as Will Shetter, he's a spot-up shooter. I mean, he struggled with his confidence last year. He shot under 25% from three. But if, if you look at him and his and his his numbers – it, you don't really get the whole picture. This no. is a kid that, once he comes into his own, could be one of the best shooters in the Big Ten. Absolutely. Michigan State, how do you feel about them? We, we already talked about how they have a, a lot of their best players returning. You know, Izzo is Izzo. Uh, they had a pretty solid run in last year's tourney. Uh, it was a heartbreaking you know, loss in the Sweet 16 to, I believe, Kansas State, if I remember that correctly. Overall, your predictions on them and just you know potential professional prospects on their roster. You know where, where are they going to land as far as this year's tournament? How are we feeling? 
Yeah, uh, Izzo's returning a great group of guys. I mean, this is going to be their best team since the 2020 season that got canceled. Mm-hmm. Uh, they only lost Joey Hauser to the G League. He's at the Salt Lake City Stars, but they have the best backcourt in the country with Atkins, Tyson Walker, and Hoggard. I mean, they're going to be really, really good team. They're probably going to be the best team in the Big Ten. And, and having uh, Xavier Brooks coming in, He's going to be the X factor for the Spartans this season. He's a freshman. He is athletic. He's a 6'10 center. He's a five-star. Crazy. I mean, he's going to be scary to watch. They have three guys coming in from the top 100 with Cohen Carr yep. and Jeremy Fears. I mean, this is a team that's going to be really good this year. Having three of the top 30 ESPN 100 recruits, uh, you already have some of the best players. Again, one of the best backcourts in the NCAA I mean, that's promising signs, especially for a coach that's kind of nearing the end of, you know, Mm -hmm. their their potential career. Obviously, as a Spartan fan, for Spartan fans, I mean, you know, you're you're going to be a little nervous about that, but I I think they can do it. So rather quickly, do the Wolverines or Spartans have more to prove this season? I mean, the the Wolverines have more to prove. Juwan Howard is on the hot seat. Mm -hmm. And I mean, there are zero expectations for this team. So Mm -hmm. if we can make a good run, get to the Sweet 16, that's, that's the limit right there. That's what we're looking for. I agree. So... To cap off today's show, we promised we'd talk about the MHSAA, and here we are. The best high school basketball recruits, uh, just and nationally, you know, you, you got players like Dylan Harper, Arius Bailey, even Jesse McCallu, you know, all, all these guys, they're heading, heading, heading into their senior season. A lot of potential with them, a, a, lot, of, a lot of hype surrounding them, but if we're going to focus more on some Michigan ballers, Duro Brooks out of Grand Rapids Catholic Central, an absolute icy point guard, six foot two, four star ranking, consensus top three player in the state, you know, ranked number one by the D Zone website. He's committed to Michigan, so that's a promising sign for Wolverines fans. But our guy Lane Risden from Zealand East, six foot nine, power forward slash center. He can rotate between those positions. Not necessarily committed to any university quite yet, but his junior year has shown promise for his final season with Zealand East. That being sixteen point three points a game. You know, almost eight rebounds, essentially three blocks. Shooting numbers are beautiful for a young a young player. 52% overall from the field, 36 from the arc, and 78 free throw. I mean, give him another season at the high school and send him to a solid program. Risden's going to be, you know, a, a guy to watch without a doubt. Yes, but uh, even then, we, we got some other players here. You know, you got Merritt Alderink uh, from opposing Zealand team from Zealand West, six foot seven power forward. Uh, his numbers were beautiful uh, for his junior year. Made M Live's 2023 dream team. You know, he's got quite a few offers from some, from some Michigan teams. Right now, Michigan basketball, when it comes to high school, a lot of promise. So I'm pretty excited to watch that this upcoming season, and yes, I know sir. you are too. But it's that time. I, I can't believe yep, we're, we're already here. Like It's it's the end of the show. Um, it's not to say that there aren't any other players to look out for with high ceilings, but again, unfortunately, we're out of time. Uh, what an absolute honor it was to do yeah, this. Great. I, thank I, you, I, I pre- No, thank you for doing this with me. I appreciate you huge. We both do very much. And thank you all for listening and obviously keeping us in business because we quite literally need you. But <laughs> if you like what you heard today, you can uh, definitely follow Eli and I's individual Twitter pages. Eli's being at E Beagle. That's at E Beagle, B-E-E-G-L-E. My own being at Anthony Clark Jr. underscore. That's again, Anthony Clark Jr. underscore. Be sure to follow us on Twitter if you like what you heard. But for my good friend, Eli Beagle, and our producer, Superfly Hayes, I'm Anthony Clark Jr. Everything huge, 24-7 at thehugeshow.net. Hey, it's Brett from the Michigan Sports Network. For my friends on the DraftKings Casino app, Uh, So if you like playing slots, roulette, blackjack, all the casino games, well, the perfect place to play those is on the DraftKings Casino app. 
And right now, if you're a new customer and you sign up using promo code HUGE, all you have to do is deposit $5 or more and get a match on that first deposit and score up to 2000 bucks in casino bonus funds. Just sign up using promo code HUGE and you could be winning money in no time. It's safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you're ready. Just download the DraftKings Casino app now and sign up with promo code HUGE and get a match on that first deposit of $5 or more up to $2,000 in casino bonus funds. Only on DraftKings Casino with promo code HUGE. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call the Michigan Department of Health and Human Services Gambling Disorder Helpline at 1-800-270-7117. 21 and up, Michigan only, one per opted-in customer. Minimum $5 deposit, max match $2,000. Deposit and bonus amount require 15 times playthrough within 30 days. See terms at casino.draftkings.com slash players choice. Restrictions apply. At Mercantile Bank, we believe supporting the communities we serve is a vital part of who we are. Our team is here to make a positive impact, a real difference. And we're always looking for leaders to join our team because we're not just a bank. We're a partner here to support what matters most. Come grow with us. Visit MerckBank.com to learn more and let's support our community together. Mercantile Bank. Member FDIC Equal Opportunity Employer. Huge here with a reminder that on Thursday, July 20th, 3 until 6 p.m., I'll be broadcasting live on the patio at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. And on that Thursday, July 20th, all day long, you can stop out and buy five golf swings for five bucks with all the money going to the Folds of Honor mission. And if you beat my long drive, I could golf with you at North Kent and also pick up the tab for lunch. That's Thursday, July 20th at the North Kent Golf Club in Rockford. We played for the thrill. That rush you feel with the game on the line. I'm Herman Moore, Lions All-Pro Wide Receiver. Now, with Eagle Casino and Sports, the new sportsbook app from Soren Eagle, anywhere I'm at, I'm still in the game. Sign up now and get up to $1,000. That's right, up to $1,000 for a risk-free bet on your next favorite underdog parlay or prop. Eagle Casino and Sports. Made in Michigan, made for Michigan. Must be 21 or older than Michigan to play. Drive for a cause at Mini on the Mac on August 4th and 5th. Hundreds of Mini Cooper owners will come together to experience a unique trip across the world-famous Mackinac Bridge. Mini on the Mac also raises vital funds for biomedical research at Van Andel Institute in Grand Rapids. Not only will you have a great time, but you'll also be supporting a great cause. Register now at MiniOnTheMac.com to be a part of this one-of-a-kind event. That's MiniOnTheMac.com. Register today. You're listening to The Huge Show on the Michigan Sports Network. It's time for another edition of True and Blue here on The Huge Show across Michigan. Each and every week we partner with the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police and we talk about the great things men and women in law enforcement are doing across the state. And also we address the need for more officers. Over 4,000 openings statewide. And this gentleman here is always looking for great men and women willing to serve and protect. He's the police chief for the city of Lansing. Ellery Sosby uh, joins us here on True and Blue on the huge shell across Michigan. Welcome in, my friend. Thank you. Appreciate you having me. All right. So your law enforcement career, where did it all begin and why did you get into law enforcement? 
Well, it started back in 1998, actually. Uh, wanted to get in law enforcement because I wanted something to do that was that changed every day. Um, kind of a selfish thing. I like helping people. It made me feel good, and it made them feel good. So it was kind of uh, twofold, and I uh, worked out for both sides of the coin. So I wanted to get into something I would I'd enjoy and make a career out of, and law enforcement is what it was. Yeah, and in the capital city Lansing area, uh, Ellery has been a part of law enforcement with Gratiot County Sheriff's Office, like he said, beginning in 98, then Meridian Township Police, Lansing Police Department, officer, sergeant, lieutenant, then a captain, and worked his way up to chief of police back in June of 2021. Uh, When you look at your connection uh, to the community and the city of Lansing and your officers and what you're doing and on a day-to-day basis, you're fighting crime and making our streets safe, especially there in Lansing. What's your biggest challenge? Well, the biggest challenge right now is actually getting qualified uh, folks that want to be in law enforcement. Um, you know, after the last couple of years, we've gone through a, a phase in our in our in our careers where you know the pendulum's kind of swung in to the to the opposite side of, of support for law enforcement and it's, and it's it's hard time to be a police officer right now uh however that that pendulum is swinging back in our favor as far as support goes so the biggest challenge we we face right now is actually just getting people uh that want to be you know put on that badge and 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 wear that uniform to go out there and protect and help help people out Lansing Police Chief Ellery Sosby joining us here on the Huge Show across uh, Michigan. Our True and Blue segment presented each and every week at this time by the Michigan Association of Chiefs and Police. I agree with you that the pendulum is swinging back, and I think there's a a better vibe uh, with law enforcement, with communities, because we all understand the need uh, we have in law enforcement because, you know, whether it was the tragic situation at Michigan State or any call you get, uh, your men and women are going in while others uh, are going the other way. Yeah, I mean, there's and, and that's that's a big part of why we do what we do. I mean, we, we that's that's what we're, why we're here and why we do what we do and why we train, because we want to be there to help in those times of crisis. Um, and you know, there is nothing that makes me more proud to be an officer and the chief in Lansing than to see the response that the officers, not only my officers, the officers all around the state, um, their response to that tragic incident over at MSU was very, very proud moment for law enforcement in general. Ellery, uh, when you're addressing your entire department, when you're talking, uh, to your lieutenants and your captains and your sergeants, or you're talking to the man or woman who's on patrol there in the city of Lansing. Uh, what makes you proud of the city of Lansing and Lansing police? Proudest moments that I have are when, you know, we it's a, it's a thankless job. We always say that, but, but I hear a lot of the good and the positives uh, that, that come from the work, the hard work that the officers do. I, I have that benefit of getting that kind of like a father gets the benefit of, of hearing good things about the, about his children. Um, but it's, it's just a, it's heartwarming for me because, you know, there's a, we're always going to have those that are going to not support us and, and, and have issues with us and, and complain about everything. Uh, but the, the big thing that makes me proud is that these officers, these men and women come to work every day to a thankless job in most cases put that uniform on, risk their lives in, 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 on some days, and, and don't don't say a word about it. And they do that because they want to serve. They want to be there to help people no matter what. 
And that takes that takes a lot. It takes a big person to do that. It takes a selfless person, and that makes me proud. Just knowing that I have an entire uh, organization full of those people every day. Ellery Sosby is the Lansing Police Chief, joining us on another True and Blue segment presented by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. If somebody's interested in coming to Lansing, whether they live there and they're listening on our Philly the Game 730 AM or any of our other 18 stations stationwide or statewide, our stations, and people can find the list at thehugeshow.net, how do they get in touch uh, with the Lansing Police Department about uh, making that move to becoming a law enforcement officer in Lansing? They can go to our website and click on the direct link for hiring. We are hiring now. We are um, doing interviews right now for police recruit and lateral transfers from any other departments uh, or any retirees in, any, in the state that want to come to Lansing and, and be the capital city's finest along with us. Um, and if not, you can call me direct. There you go. And, and the easiest way I tell everybody, because we're doing radio, and like I said, uh, we're all across Michigan uh, just Google, Google Lansing Police Department, Police Chief Ellery Sosby. You'll have the contact information there, and you could begin that journey to serving and protecting the people of Lansing. Ellery, uh, keep up the great work, and thank you for your commitment, your officer's commitment uh, to the people of Lansing. Thank you very much, and I appreciate your support. Yeah, back at you, buddy. Ellery Sosby, Lansing Police Chief, joining us on True and Blue, which is presented every week by the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police. And not only in Lansing, but across this state, I mentioned over 4,000 openings and a need for law enforcement officers. If you're interested, man or woman, at any age, I assume over 21, uh, you can begin that journey. Just stop by your local police department, Google your uh, local county, uh, Michigan State Police, whatever it is. Uh, you can begin that journey. Easiest way, just Google or stop into your local police department. And thanks again to all the police chiefs and everybody connected to the Michigan Association of Chiefs of Police for partnering with the Huge Show on our True and Blue segment. And I also want to give love to Johnny Brayan Sr. and his mission with Voice for the Badge. He began that journey and put together that operation so that the men and women of law enforcement in Michigan have a voice. Follow Voice for the Badge on Facebook and on Twitter. Big. Bad. Huge.